WABC New York and 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. Cheers here on the good ship, S.S. Sid Rosenberg and friends. We got Rico Radabali, uh, who's been with WABC as long as yours truly, Curtis Lee. We're with the veterans, 35 years. Then we have a person of no consequence who is sitting there in the uh, phone screener's seat. He is the co-pilot for Rico Radabali. We're not going to mention his name because he does overnights with me, which will be coming up starting uh, in less than 24 hours as I take you to the break of dawn, 12 midnight to 6 Saturday morning. So nice, they let me do it twice, 12, 6 on Sundays. So I don't want to mention his name, Andrew Giuliani, because people may want to give him beatdowns for all the verbal beatdowns I give him overnight. And, of course, sitting here... Replacing Sid, who will soon be coming back from the Holy Land after his first pilgrimage there in all of his years. Andrew Giuliani, maybe at some point, will be joined by John Katsimatidis. And yours truly, Curtis Sleeper. Well, Curtis, it's always great to be with you here. And I tell you, this is very appropriate, this little crazy train, because it was a little crazy train experience coming in to work today at 5 a.m., i got to tell you. Well, let us know, because if you've noticed on my social networking, uh, Andrew Giuliani, it's festooned uh, with pictures uh, that I take when I'm in the subways, which I'm often at, obviously, in the early morning hours when I'm coming in to do my uh, weekly uh, day-to-day hits, 7.05, Monday through Fridays with Sid. And then, obviously, when I depart in the evening and I join the Guardian Angels and... It is just a moving hotel, the subway system. And you got, obviously, a little taste of that this morning. <laughs> I did. And, you know, it's been probably, I guess, been since New Year's where I came in and filled in for Sid. We obviously did it the week of Christmas, you and I. But normally when I'm riding the subway, it's at, you know, kind of normal business hour times, right? You're going 9 to 6 o'clock or some 8 to 6 o'clock, let's say, when you're going to have more people on there. But I have noticed coming in in the morning a lot of times you end up having issues with, you know, a bunch of the homeless or mentally unstable actually sleeping on the trains. Now, the thing that I noticed over Christmas was it, there always would be a few different cars that you could get into that people were going to work in, right? Construction workers, people working kind of odder hours, maybe coming back. And that's obviously where you'd go in. You wouldn't go to the empty trains. You wouldn't go into the ones that had mentally unstable. It's not the place you want to be experiencing, uh, you know, an intimate ride with somebody who's mentally unstable when you're in a box moving 45 miles an hour underneath, underneath New York City in the tracks. 
But today, normally I'll see that like the first or second subway car. I'll look in. You see it's good. You see you got a bunch of workers there that are going to work. Everybody seems to be sane, or at least you huddle in with the people that are sane, and you get yourselves to work. Today, I looked at the first car. You had about four different people sleeping there, one guy talking to himself. Second car, about five different people sleeping on it. Third car had a couple different people sleeping on it. Fourth car, there was a guy in front of the fourth car who was talking to himself. Fifth car, finally you get in, and it looked like it was kind of the worker's car, right? People were going to work. Everybody seemed kind of mentally stable. But, you know, you and I talk about this all the time, and I hear you talk about it to your credit all the time because you've lived this and you've seen kind of the iterations of the New York subway over the last now close to 70 years, but especially with the Guardian Angels, 45 years. It seems to me that you're having more mentally unstable on the subway now than at least any time in my adult life. And just think of this. Uh, I oftentimes am outside of the Roosevelt Hotel to take the temperature of all the illegal aliens that are hanging out there at taxpayers' expense, mostly Venezuelans, uh, but there are some from the sub-Saharan North African countries, uh, Mauritania, Mali, Chad, Sudan, uh, Senegal, and further down the eastern coast of uh, Africa, Madagascar. So I talk with them a little bit. They They have not assimilated as well. You know, the only time they really get to meet anybody that's like them is when they go to mosque, because most of them are Muslims, especially today, which is their day of prayer, Juma. The Venezuelans, though, oh, man, are they slick. So when you go into the subways and you see the women with their children in the papoose walking around selling candies, which every dentist is promoting because it will encourage more dental visits, (laughs) I mean, with extra sugar. Drinks, guava, uh, watermelon, uh, churros, the churro lady that Rico Radabali loves. He has to have his churro from the uh, little uh, Latina lady in the morning. And I got to see, when, when you see the kid in the backpack, it pulls at your heartstrings. At least for me, I look at it and I'm like, oh, man, you know, it, it kind of, I question my, uh, I question my Christianhood when I look at that. And it's sad. It really, really is. Yeah, that, that's that, that's what it's designed to do, of that, course. That trick of they course, learn. Who do you think they learn that from here in the city? Who does it not as much as the a new Venezuelan illegal aliens who have perfected this, but the gypsies? Oh, excuse me. I have to call them Roma people or make it taken up on charges of being a a xenophobe by the United Nations. Oh, is gypsies not a, that, that's not a, you can't that's use not that good term. anymore? I figured that you was just a matter of Roma time. people. And I, I've met them all over Europe. They originally came out of India. And the roots they always use, you'll see them at Penn Station, you'll see them at the Port Authority. They'll sit there, a woman, with a child, and they don't even have a sign. You know, like, there's no need for a sign that says it all. Is the child, you sitting in squalor, uh, Give us some money. Mm-hmm. Gypsies have been doing that for years. So you're Venezuelans. You're walking around. Remember, you're staying at the Milford Plaza, the old Milford Plaza, $400 a night. You can't believe it. You got the e-bike, the vest, put a motorbike, no registration, no plates, no nothing. You're getting culturally appropriate food. You get the iPhone, the cell phone. You get everything, health, more than Americans get. And you begin to observe all the tricks that these Americans use to solicit money or to steal, like shoplifting. Mm-hmm. My wife actually observed it outside of a Dwayne Reed on Columbus Avenue. She said, Curtis, if Venezuelans are watching Americans go in 
and walk out, mostly with uh, uh, Bud Light because nobody's buying Bud Light. Right. <laughs> uh, and nobody bothers because they figure we'll get rid of our supply of Bud Light. But the point is, it's learned behavior. They see everything that Americans get away with. And they figure, my God, if I did this in Venezuela, they'd be putting me in Maduro's uh, gulag there. <laughs> so you see this on the trains increasingly. And this is my prediction. I haven't seen many of the illegal aliens sleeping on the trains yet, but you will. Mm-hmm. And now it's basically, as you said, homeless, American homeless, mostly African-American, emotionally disturbed. And a lot of veterans, men and women that you could actually... They can produce documentation that they were a veteran, right. that they are a veteran. And here it is. They're, they're riding the subways. They're living in, in the subways. Who the hell would want to live in a subway? And if they went to the Roosevelt Hotel, which is right by Grand Central, and said, please, I just need a room for a day. I'm cold. I got caught in the rain. I'm shivering. Sorry, you're not an illegal alien. Yeah. No might room for you in this right. Might have served our country, but get lost. I mean, think of that. And so these men and women. They're in the subways. You've experienced it. I post it all the time on my social networking. And they have given contracts out, millions of dollars to city. And it's basically a boondoggle. You have this one group, which is called the Bowery Residence Committee. Uh, this guy, Mushi, or whatever the hell his name is, he sounds like a member of uh, of uh, Old Murder Incorporated, Jewish Organized Crime, Ziggy, Mushi, whatever the hell he is. He's like 86 years old. They get millions of dollars. And you know what they do? They go into the trains on occasion and they count the homeless people and the emotionally disturbed. They count them. So like Jordan Neely, who was choked out, remember, by Daniel Penny, the Marine, because he had no choice. And he's going on charges of second-degree murder probably later this year. That is another miscarriage of justice. We'll talk about more miscarriages of justice throughout the show and throughout the year. But that's uh, that's an egregious miscarriage of justice. So this Bowery Residence Committee that gets millions of dollars, that even Tom DiNapoli has written a scathing audit and said, these people are not doing the job they're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. So guess what? They got an increase in the amount of money they get. And all they do is they go around, they count the homeless, they count the emotionally disturbed. And Jordan Neely surfaced on their report of the 50 most dangerous, emotionally disturbed persons that live in the subway. It's like they rate them. And I'm saying, rate them, they should be escorting them out, bringing them for psychiatric observation, bringing them to like Creedmoor, which is 70% of the beds in Creedmoor, the state facility that now has the tents for the illegal aliens. The beds are empty. This is where people should be housed who need mental health care, and they're not. Yeah. And what they do is they ride the subway. I, I want to test this experiment mm-hmm. with you, on Andrew. Uh, Andrew. See, every time I say Andrew, I'm thinking Andrew Evil. No, I'm Cuomo. the good one. I'm the good one over here. Look, ha- have I touched you unwarrantedly? No. You, no okay, there you go. I'm no. not Andrew Cuomo. No, That's no. it. But Case I want you to do this. I want you to dedicate 72 hours of your life okay. and live in the subway. Really? You want me to live in the subway for 72 hours? If you're not crazy before that, <laughs> you will be crazy. Are you trying to knock me out of WABC? Is that what you're trying no. to do, Curtis? No, no. It seems like by telling me to live 72 hours. No, we're going to give you, we're going to wire you up like a Christmas tree. You're going to do live reports as you do every, you're, you, you're involved in doing interviews uh, with Sid Rosenberg. You do interviews with James Golden. I mean, we hear you all the right. time. So you're going to be living in the subway, and because it's wired underground, you can actually do the interview. <laughs> and my first question when I talk to you is, 
Did you find a bathroom yet that's open? <laughs> Have you done it in your pants yet? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Where do you end up doing it, right? Where do you end up going to use the bathroom? There are so few of them open. Yeah. And when you walk into one of these bathrooms, because oh, on occasion I've had to use it, uh-huh. all of a sudden you have queer eyes on the back of a straight guy. <laughs> and I look at these guys. What? Really? So you that's... get the hell out of Wait, here. Wait, that's still going on in subway bathrooms. Damn right. Really? It's at the Port Authority. I it's at Penn that. Station. I wouldn't have expected some of the, you know, same-sex, uh, you know, uh, it, intimacy, it if you will. It is the most bizarre thing. Not that it's very intimate. But, bathrooms. You know. All you got to do is ask Jim McGreedy. <laughs> right? You know, now he wants to the be state. mayor of uh, Jersey City. The state troopers, New Jersey state troopers, when he was governor, right. would say... Governor, you're going into the Lombardi rest station, which is on the northern edge of the New Jersey Turnpike. That That's the gay hangout. Governor, we're, we're warning you, don't go in there. I'll be back in an hour. He was hooking up in the freaking bathroom. I wouldn't spend more than five minutes in the bathroom. You get asphyxiated just from the smell. Wait a second. They're never clean. He was at the Vince Lombardi. I yes. mean, the, the greatest coach maybe outside of Belichick in NFL history. The Giants defensive coordinator, the Green Bay Packers, the Washington Redskins, Vince Lombardi. And that's a that's a gay hookup oh, hangout area at the Vince Lombardi. That's not the only one. So these are things that my generation now, is, needs to learn from the elder generation right now, over here. We didn't year, know this. Years ago. Us 38-year-olds years ago, did not know this. You could make the argument that gays were persona non grata and they were forced, you know, to find places, like the Rambles in Central Park, which is under the cover of darkness. That I get. Now, it doesn't matter. They are gay clubs. They gave bars. They gave hookups. Mm-hmm. And yet something about some of the gays, the attraction to be in a men's room and to hook up with another gay man in a men's room is beyond anything I can imagine. And it still goes on. Is, is it a little bit of like the fear of getting caught kind of? Not the fear of getting caught, the excitement of getting caught. Is that well, what that is? Andrew, we want to do another 72-hour experiment. There <laughs> no are a thanks. lot of rest stops along the no Jersey thanks. Turnpike. And no by thanks. the way, Murphy has just raised the toll... So you'll be paying a few more uh, shekels uh, as you go up and down the New Jersey Turnpike. Right, in fact, right near Exit 4 on your way to Camden where you'll need a bulletproof body condom and then Philadelphia where you better ride right through through Chester and keep going to Joe Biden land in Delaware. And if you don't, if you if you fall asleep, you will be going so fast through Delaware that all of a sudden you'll be in Maryland and say, Whatever happened in Delaware? <laughs> you know, the first, uh, actually the entire time I was in the White House, we started an Italian-American White House club, basically. And I was the vice president the first two years. Wait, was that an offshoot of Joe Colombo's Italian-American Civil Rights League? Joe, Joe Colombo was not invited to the White House, so I'll put it that way. I think he would have flagged some of the Secret Service flags. And unlike uh, the Secret Service under Biden, who uh, allows cocaine to be in there, uh, we actually had some pretty strict rules in terms of who actually could come in the gates or not. Um, but I remember the first year where we ended up doing a big Italian-American celebration, we had our Sundays with Sinatra colleague Joe Piscopo come on down, and he performed as we've seen him do so many times. And he made the joke. He said, you know, I just wish one day that my home state of New Jersey will recognize me to get 
a rest stop named yes. after me. Yes. Will that happen at the Joe Piscopo rest stop? If that happens, I mean, will the Joe Piscopo rest stop well, in be fact, a, a he, hotbed he, for he, he will Christian it. sexual as, activity? As close as they can get to Jersey City, uh, because it's uh, likely the over-under point spread, because uh, Noam Layden lives in Jersey City. McGreedy already dropping lit all over the place. Obviously, a lot of money behind him to become mayor in his political comeback. But will be a grand opening, right? The Joe Piscopo rest stop with uh, possibly Mayor Jim McGreedy as they they cut the ribbon. <laughs> uh, no, is is that race? That race is not until the president. Twenty twenty five. Twenty twenty five. Just like the New so York City mayor. Race. He's starting really early on this thing, then, huh? Well, yeah. So, in fact, Noam Layden, if you could please weigh in on this, Mister Jersey City. He lives in the Heights. In fact, he's oftentimes seen in a hot tub. With the outgoing mayor Steve Fulop, <laughs> okay, graduate of Goldmine Sachs, who thinks he is he's my gonna, neighbor, yeah, <laughs> who thinks he's going to become the next governor over my dead body. But anyway, uh, he's already in campaign mode, right, Jim McGreedy? You know, both of these candidates trying to clear the field. So you have Steve Fulop, who announced that he's running for governor, way ahead of everybody else, trying to clear the field. Jim McGreedy trying to do the same thing. He wants to push any Democrat who thinks about running out of his way. So. The literature, it's unbelievable. The money behind him is outrageous. I'm getting literature in my mailbox constantly. Can I ask you a question? Uh, now, let me ask you a question, Noam Lady. The reason he resigned as uh, governor was not because he was a gay American. Was not. That was all covered. He had tried to get $5 million, hush money, to bribe Golan Sapel, remember the Israeli gay guy who had no knowledge of Homeland Security, who was his Homeland Security director, and with Lesniak, the state senator, who was uh, McGreedy's uh, mentor. Finally, State Senator Lesniak, in his own memoirs, approached Jim McGreedy and said, you're going to get caught. This is an illegal political slush fund. This payoff money. You got no choice but to resign. So there's Jim McGreedy saying, I can't say I'm resigning because I'm corrupt. I'll just say I'm resigning because I'm a gay American. No, is that how you saw it right there, where he kind of used that as the scapegoat to uh, to resign without the... Yeah, uh, when, uh, when people resign, think of Cuomo resigning as governor. Mm -hmm. Think of Spitzer resigning as governor. Think of Eric Adams, which we'll be talking about later, possibly resigning as mayor. The feds approach you, and they say, this is what we got. Mm -hmm. You resign, no charges. Peace be upon you, like they say in the Catholic Church. Peace be upon you. You go your way, but you're out of office. These are the deals that the feds constantly make. Resign now. We will not prosecute. But if you are intent on moving forward, like Menendez, right, indicted. I'm running. I'm running. Donald Trump indicted, right? I'm running. I'm running. But if you insist on running or staying in office, then we come at you with the weight of the Department of Justice, which you see is massive, unlimited funds. You see it with Trump. You see it with Menendez. So oftentimes, somebody on the electron microscope, like McGreedy was as governor, like Cuomo was as governor, mm -hmm. like Spitzer was as governor, they basically say, uh, run, and we indict you, and it's a full-blown trial, and you got to raise millions of dollars to defend yourself. All we got to do is ask my husband-in-law, Governor David Patterson. You know why yeah. he resigned? Of course. Andrew, he feared indictment. Absolutely. By Andrew Cuomo, right? Who right, was exactly. the attorney general at the time. 
and obviously the number one candidate and became governor. Right. So all you have to do is approach an elected official, and naturally they're, they're lawyered up, mm-hmm. and your lawyers tell you the feds got you. They got you by the short hairs. I, I would take their offer because if you fight this, you will have to raise millions. You're going to have to live with this uh, anvil over your head. Uh, and it's better to just go on, peace be with you, go on to your career. Maybe you can have a comeback. Look, McGreedy has a comeback now. Cuomo is trying a comeback. Spitzer tried to come back. Yeah. Remember against control. I want run for mayor. Well, a guy who may need a comeback, I don't know, years in the future is our current mayor, Eric Adams. Oh, wait, wait. I want to ask you, when we get back, when no, we no, get no. back, when, when, I want to ask you. When we come back, I must yes. first read your horoscope, my horoscope. We don't do We're anything. we horoscopes over here. Look, Ronald Reagan would not have been shot by Hinckley if he would have listened to Nancy Reagan's astrological charge. I live by it. I'm alive because of it. Andrew, we I, need to read your horoscope Curtis, for the New York Post. Curtis, I mean, you know radio a lot better than me. I thought the Eric Adams tease would have been a little better than the horoscope. No, no, but we'll we're hold going to break we'll horoscopes and Eric Adams when you come back. Sit in Friends in the Morning, 77 WABC. When's Rich Rodamali's birthday over here? When's your birthday? Oh, I'm January 30th. What day are you? Hey, January 29th, January 30th, Curtis. Now, I got to tell you, I think the whole sign thing, I think it's a little kooky. I'm not going to lie. Let's be honest to our audience over here. But please, enlighten me about what my sign and Rich Rodamali's sign is January 30th. Right, well, let, let me preface this. Uh, even though you are as hardcore Trumper as possible, you mm-hmm. are also an admirer of the former president, Ronald Reagan. Absolutely. And as you know, I have opened up Ronald Reagan Republican clubs in Astoria, Queens, Drogs Neck, the Bronx, uh, North Shore, Staten Island. And now I'm doing it in Bergen County and in Passaic County in New Jersey because Ronald Reagan brought moderate Democrats together with Republicans because he would never have been elected president against Jimmy Carter without moderate Democrats uh, voting for him. Yeah, and you've invited me to speak in Astoria and North Shore, Staten Island. Yes. I hope I get an invitation to Bergen County, New Jersey, because I went to high school yes. in Bergen County, in New fact, Jersey. In fact, I'm going to say, take him. Please. I'd rather be in Bergen. Take him. I was the amateur athlete of the year in Bergen County in 2004. Five or 2006. We'll have to look that one yeah, up. And you're still an amateur. Uh, Make sure it's not a Santosian statement. That see, I one of the there. things that I've uh, taken responsibility <laughs> for here at WABC is I have the Curtis Lee Boot Camp for talk radio show hosts and hostesses. You are doing extraordinarily well. Don't miss Sunday night's program. It's the Andrew Giuliani show, and I'm his co-pilot because I'm still giving him uh, some of my 35 years of experience the other enrollees are Frank the Mamaluke Morano, who actually is back on track. Uh, I'm working with him. He had fallen from grace. At one point, he was number one in the ratings, and he crashed and burned, but he's clawing himself back. Uh, then, of course, uh, we have Anthony Weiner that I'm on with uh, Saturdays, although you never know. 
with John Katz and Mitidis, last second. Hey, coach, put me in, coach. You know, no, you're on the shelf, Sliwa. I'm going in there four to five on Saturdays. And John's been good on that, by the way. Yes. John's been oh, really good. His ratings are better than mine. He's, with he's the done Anthony. well over there. Chris. I'm embarrassed at how, how he beats me in the ratings. <laughs> I mean, it, it's not just, oh, you know how they say the analytics are close. He kills me. So when he gets in with Anthony, they're like two scorpions in a brandy glass. My best student to date is Dominic Carter. At nights, oh, my God, from uh, 12 to 1 in the morning, he is skyrocketing. He really listened uh, to a lot of my instruction. And my own wife, Nancy. Yeah, she's doing great, too. Who will join me on the Rip and Read, who digs up stuff. Like yesterday, I may have had my best ratings ever on the 12 o'clock Rip and Read. Nancy found Eric Adams at a town hall meeting in Brownsville, Brooklyn. Yeah, this never, was good audio. I listened to this. This was good. Never expected uh, any white people to have access to this. He was talking to the brothers and sisters. And, you know, he has a tendency uh, to do white speak and black speak. Like Al Gore used to. Remember how <laughs> Al Gore would suddenly do black speak at a black audience, Hillary, uh, except Eric Adams, obviously, his complexion is his protection. He does black speak best. Nancy found this. We played his cuts. People could not believe what he was saying. In fact, well, we play some of it at 12 noon today when Nancy joins me. Uh, but all of them are my students. They're all doing great. Frank Morano is back on track, and it's one of the few things I can do uh, to thank John and Margot for keeping us on the air. Because one thing you got to understand, Andrew, with the arrival of Sid Rosenberg from the Holy Land after completing his pilgrimage, when he gets here, when he does his broadcast Monday, it will be the eighth anniversary of when he began to broadcast with uh, the great Bernard McGurk in mid-mornings. And then eventually they replaced Imus in the morning, who did not want them to do mid-mornings. Right. Did not want them. He wanted Mike Lupica. Yeah! <laughs> was, was he legitimately worried because he knew that Bernie and Sid had such a great chemistry and would be so good on the air? Was it a matter of that he just knew Lupica was nowhere near as good and compelling as Bernie and Sid were? I have known the greats in talk radio. Mm -hmm. And you know that. In 35 years, yeah. I've met them all. And, and Curtis, you know, I don't like to see your chest get any bigger than it is, but you are one of the greats in talk radio. Well, let's be honest. No, no, I still got a lot to go. I still got a lot to you go. You have but, a lot to learn still, but, exactly. you know, I'll teach him one day. I'll and every day, as I tell all of those enrolled in the Curtis Lee Boot Camp of Talk Radio, the our parent company, Red Apple Media, led by Chad Lopez, they lend you the microphone when you show up. They may take that microphone away. It's not yours. It's not mine. Mm -hmm. It's theirs. And there may be a reason that they take the microphone away. It's happened to me. I've been fired in sports talk radio, fired in traditional talk radio. That's how you know how long you've been in this business. It's like looking at rings of a tree to determine the age of the tree, <laughs> how many times you've been fired. Rush was fired seven times. But the only big guy or gal that was immune to this, like, oh, I hope, I hope the person doesn't think that the person substituting with me is better than me is Bob Grant, the king of talk radio, no longer with us. He would put G. Gordon Liddy on. That's how G. Gordon Liddy got discovered, doing the Bob Grant show, right? And Mel Carmazan is driving around, you know, with Big Maka at that time over at the fan at CBS and wins. He hears him on 
ABC was going to put him on overnights because remember he was from the, uh, the Watergate, the plumbers. He was persona non grata. So Mel Carmen said, "Don't sign that contract. I've been listening to you because I love Bob Grant. I know he's away. We're just opening up an FM radio station in Washington D.C. called KFK. Howard Stern is going to do mornings, and we want you to do mid mornings." And he got the opportunity of a lifetime. His career was shot, G. Gordon Liddy. Nobody would come near him. He became a nationally syndicated radio star wow. because of Bob Grant allowing. I would not be on the radio now if not for Bob Grant. Really? No, WABC suits. Ah, that street urchin. Nobody can understand what he's saying. And then Bob Grant simply said to him, because his ratings in the afternoon were the biggest of all time, he said, Curtis Lee knows where all the bones are buried and who buried them. You will hire Curtis Sliwa. Wow. And at that time, whatever Bob Grant said, Bob Grant got. But wow. he was right. When did when did Grant go on? Was he afternoon drive, like 3 to 6? Was that his window? Well, he was on 3 o'clock. Right. Appointment radio, no podcast. He would prepare an opening statement that people throughout the city, the tri-state area, would stop where they were you doing to listen. Because once he said it, it was gone yeah. into the ether. And he would do three hours, but then they made him do a fourth hour. And he would say, I, I got to get out of here. Hey, hey, Manelli, get me the hell out of here. I want to redo that contract. I want to be out the door down to Manalapan, the Jersey Shore, by six. What a character he was. But I would not be in talk radio without Bob Grant. Without a question, nobody would have hired me. Yeah. Nobody. And I think my father actually filled in for Grant on a bunch of occasions, if I'm not mistaken. You're... Maybe when he was between when he was U.S. attorney and mayor over that stretch in the early 90s, if that Your makes sense. Your father was a natural-born talk show host. Rico Radovalli remembers when he was mayor, asked the mayor. He would come in. He would take all callers like he, like he was Bob Grant. Yep. And he would start rumbling with them. Oh, yeah. You go to oh, YouTube oh, yeah. now, there's a whole host of them. Then the, 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 the Quisley Bloomberg would come in with his whole crew. They had people calling up, preset calls, the most boring freaking radio show with his billions of dollars. And everything was like, it's basically an infomercial for Bloomberg. Whereas with your father, get ready to rumble in the radio <laughs> well, jungle, ask the mayor. Well, if you don't know my father likes a good brawl by now, then, uh, then you'll never oh, know. We'll put it that oh, way. Oh, wait, <laughs> wait. The, the the creature, uh, he had a battle because he wanted to. Because of the ferret. The ferret yes, man. And him, you go to YouTube now, ladies and gentlemen, some of the greatest talk radio of all time. Now, this is when Rudy is mayor. He's on WABC Friday mid-mornings as the mayor, and he's taking all callers. <laughs> you're a racist. You're a sexist. I mean, he didn't say, no, don't censor that person. I got him. <laughs> <laughs> the Ferret Man, some of the classic best radio you ever heard in your life. Well, you know what? When we get back. Oh, wait, I didn't give you. I oh, didn't yeah. Give you no. I, we got to get the Aquarius sign when I get back. Is that a good teaser, Rich? I mean, you think uh, like we're doing signs this morning? This is going to save your isn't life. Isn't that like replacement radio? Like, uh, yeah, guess what? We're reading your sign over here. What about Eric Adams? I want to hear about this. Oh, yeah, but mayor. then we got to read my horoscope, Aries. Remember, Aries, we don't go... Over or under a wall, we go through the wall.
77 WABC on your Echo device. Tell Alexa to play 77 WABC. 77 WABC. Real New York. 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. I can't tell you, Andrew, when uh, you weren't even birthed yet, I was uh, wearing my polyester waffle weave flame retardant shirt, my bell bottoms, my marshmallow shoes. And I was trying those lines, you know, pickup lines. What is your sign? How were they working? Uh, actually, my dancing attracted more on the dance floor. As Rico Radabali has personally seen. Yeah? When we used to have uh, full-blown uh, Christmas parties at the OWABC. I mean, I would only dance with my wife. Remember that, Rico? Nobody else. They'd all be lining up. Nope. When I'm married... I only dance with my wife. And I wouldn't have to ask her, her astrological sign. That's because if I did, boy, would I be in trouble. Who are you talking? You don't know my astrological <laughs> Mr. Radabali, is that is that true? I mean, because I've only heard Curtis is a great dancer from the source Curtis Sliwa. I want to hear from a, from a third party over here that has observed this. Completely true. Completely totally true. Completely this guy could cut her up, huh? Absolutely. Okay. In my much younger days, when I was footloose and fancy free, and towards the end of the night at the disco at Pastels in Bay Ridge, 2001 Odyssey, 86th Street, which is now Chinese Buffet, they would play the slow jams, because that's when you knew Enrico Radabali was a DJ. They're, they're preparing to close up. So you have a slow jam, you do a little close cheek-to-cheek grind. I would sometimes tell the young ladies, if I were you, I would go for a pregnancy test in the morning. Just <laughs> precautionary. Just precautionary. That's, not, that's very chivalrous of you. Yes. Well, chivalry. look, uh, Planned Parenthood, right? Uh, you, you know, marital contraception. I wasn't married. Uh, they weren't married. But I was trying to do the right thing. But I must read <laughs> your horoscope. Backstory here. Everybody remembers that day when we almost lost Ronald Reagan, our president. Because Hinckley decided he wanted to whack uh, Reagan in order to get the attention of Jody Foster at yeah. Yale University. And actually, you know, my father had breakfast with Reagan that morning. I think it was a bunch of people from the Justice Department went over to the White House. And it was one of those, uh, you know, introductory things where they come over. About 15 or 20 people had breakfast with the president. But it was only a couple hours before he was shot and was obviously then involved in getting Hinckley into custody of the feds from D.C. Metro. He had a chief of staff called Regan, not Reagan, mm-hmm. Regan, uh, Bulldog from the days uh, they call him the California Reagan team, you know, when he was governor in Sacramento. He did not like the lady in red interfering with scheduling, which was Nancy Reagan. They actually used to jokingly say, you know, the last lady in red was walking out of the theater with John Dillinger, and that's how the FBI knew to shoot John Dillinger, whoever walks out in the arms of the lady in red, shoot him dead, which is exactly what they did. That's how they identified John Dillinger. 
So they basically kept making jokes about that because she did, she would consult the top astrological chart watchers all over America. And she had this one guy in Beverly Hills that she swore by. So her husband is preparing his day and she goes, I got bad news for you, Ronald. Oh, what, what? Yeah, you cannot go to that meeting today at the hotel in Washington. Uh, your astrological chart is really ominous. And then she started explaining, and, you know, no, no, Nancy, I'm sorry, got a full day, blah, blah, blah. He, so he brushed her off. He's in the first 90, uh, 100 days of his presidency at the time, right? So you look at this, and he probably at the time looked at it the way that I kind of look at it right now, which eh, it's a little, it's a little right. quirky. I understand. Most yeah. people do. But you know what happened? Hinckley shoots him and the press secretary, Brady, unfortunately, who never really recovered. Yeah. And then he is assigned to a psychiatric facility, Hinckley. Eventually was uh, released on weekend visits to his mommy to go bowling in Virginia on weekends. And now he's walking around. He's doing concerts. Hinkley plays the guitar. He thinks he's like, uh, you know, uh, the added edition of Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, Hinkley. And it's like he, he almost killed the president of the United States. Thereafter, Ronald Reagan, once he recovered, says to his chief of staff, Reagan, from now on, scheduling must abide by the astrological chart provided to us by Nancy. He said, I, I, I. all the meetings with Gorbachev, probably the most famous between a Soviet leader and an American leader, were charted astrologically really? by Nancy Reagan's astrologer. Wow. To avoid problems. I had no clue about this. Zero clue whatsoever. Oh, yeah. Now. Uh, for both you and Rico Radabali, who are the sign of Aquarius, which is January 21st of February 19th, some of you Aquarians out there may be interested in that. The best horoscope, bar none, is the New York Post, Sally Prompton. I live by this. Okay, you won't lack for self-belief today, but you will need to balance it with a healthy dose of common sense. Oh. Both of you will be on the 5 o'clock roundtable discussion tonight with John Katsimatidis and Reedy Cosby with the common sense crew of Democrats <laughs> and Republicans. But we need to balance it with the common sense. Sounds like they're saying we might not be taking some common sense with us into the workplace today as we wake up out of our bed. Well, I, it, I don't know. It, it goes you seem on. like you're full of common sense from what I've dealt in the first hour and a half with you today, it, it, it says if you expect your plans to be to come good, you've got to balance it with common sense. Okay. You will also need to accept that some objectives are going to take longer to reach than you expect. So patience. We need to practice patience. That's always a... A weak suit of mine. I'm not the most patient person. As in the my world. grandfather Fidel Bianchino Bades would say, "Hey, one young, patience, patience," which means, "Hey, kid, have some patience." Well, you're already you're like bothering me here. So <laughs> now let's go to my sign. Okay. Aries. fire, fire. March 21st to April 20th. There is no point getting angry or upset. <laughs> that was written directly to you, Curtis Lewa. Listen, I kid you not. There is no point getting angry or upset about things you cannot change. So accept that something is going to happen and then adapt to it as best you can. Save your emotional energy to channel into areas where you can make a difference. What what do you think that's referring to? I mean, that could be referring to so many things. That could be referring to the migrant shelters in New York. That could be referring to Eric Adams. I mean, that what could what is that referring to, Curtis? Wait a second. We gotta get to the bottom of this. Remember, we do a show 
It is Andrew Giuliani and Curtis Lee with Sunday nights. Yeah, I've actually heard the NFL's a little bit threatened by the Super Bowl ratings here because we're doing it over the Super Bowl, and they're a little worried they're going to show yeah, yeah, Taylor guarantee you. about ten more times we'll, during the eight to nine o'clock hour. If you we'll look be out talking there. about Taylor Swift and the Swifties later, but. ACDC, and it does not have to do with our sexual preferences, Rico Radabali. What does AC stand for? Always complaining. Curtis Sliwa, there you go. Angry, complaining. Curtis <laughs> Sliwa, right? And DC? DC, I'm right out of the swamp, right? Right from, right from Trump's, uh, you know, uh, Washington, DC, if you will. And we're going to talk about that later because the over on the point spread, if the election were held tomorrow, Donald Trump would be the president. I, I don't doubt that. I don't think most people doubt that. A lot of things can change between now and November, but if the election were tomorrow, I have a feeling that Donald Trump, as he did in his first four years, will extend an invitation to you in some capacity to join his administration, which would require you spending a lot of time in D.C. Yeah, in the swamp, which uh, I got to tell you, as a city, um, I didn't love it. I loved the job. I loved, obviously, the time working in the White House is amazing. But the, the thing I felt about the city was it was always what's your proximity to power, basically. And I almost felt like if you'd go to something and you'd introduce yourself and care about the name, they'd only care about the title more than well, anything. One thing and, you guarantee, because I have uh, Guardian Angels in Washington, D.C., Southeast Anacostia, yes. right near the Potomac, which is the it's high getting worse, area. by the way. Well, it's getting worse. You uh, could easily be carjacked. Yeah. Like uh, Democrats and Republicans, most recently, a guy worked in the Trump administration at gunpoint. They pissed the women. These are 12, 13-year-old kids. Yeah. 12, 13-year-old posses of kids. You stop at a light. They come in with their toolies. They put their guns right at you, tell you, open the freaking door or yeah. boom. And they've spent a lot of time and resources trying to clean up that southeast corridor in D.C., I mean, they've put the baseball stadium down there, the new soccer stadium down there. They've got a little harbor, kind of like what we have. It's it's nowhere near uh, as nice as the West Side notice, Highway. But they notice not. what happened in Chinatown, very small there in D.C. Yep, the arena was there. Yes, but the Wizards, the basketball team, and the Capitals, and the Russian uh, hockey team there that plays <laughs> as the Capitals, they're moving. They're out of there. They're moving across the Potomac to, uh, I believe it is. Uh, I didn't know this. They're yes. moving. Because that's right in the middle of the city right there. They're going to Arlington, Alexandria, that whole area there. They're a lot safer. A lot of their fans are from there. The fan base does not want to come into D.C. because Chinatown is right in the epicenter. It's a very small Chinatown. We patrol that area. Right. But well, I mean all the time. People getting uh, mugged and robbed at gunpoint. In the subway system, uh, the Washington, D.C. metro, and above ground. And, Curtis, that is kind of that metro center. That's where all of the lines basically run into. So it's easy whether you live in Maryland, whether you live in Virginia, to get right there. But we talked a little bit about this with regards to the New York subway. Instead of trying to add all the turnstiles, all of this, the new cars, as no mentioned, at the 5 o'clock hour, why not go actually after the root cause, which is crime. Get the mentally unstable out of the subway system. Same thing in Washington, D.C. Get them out of the metro, and then you wouldn't have to build a multi-billion dollar project in a different area. Is that just the common sense that Rich and I may be lacking today? Is that what that is, that just showed up around 655? Well, some of the cholos and vatos who gave the beatdown to the cops, uh, pounding the hound out to California. We'll give you an update on that. And the missing in action, Eric Adams. 
who is not commented on a story that has gone viral across the world. It's yours truly, Curtis Lou Andrew Giuliani in for Sid Rosenberg. Celebrating his eighth anniversary at WABC, he will return from the promised land and be with all of you on Monday right here at WABC. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. Well, well, well. This is the theme song for Eric Adams, Swagger Man with No Plan, Mayor of the Illegal Aliens. He's the nightlife mayor. In his own words, I like to sample the product. You know who's going to Club Zero Bond, his favorite club tonight? Who's going tonight? The Mameluke, Frank Marano. Get out of here. I Frank kid Marano's you not. Frank going to Zero Bond tonight? I have no idea. They must have lowered their standards. Oh, my goodness. And second, the mayor loves Con Sofrito up in the Bronx. Jimmy Rodriguez, who used to run Jimmy's Cafe in the West Bronx, where Major League Baseball banned all players, no matter where, you do not go to Jimmy's Cafe. So he runs Consofrito, in which the state liquor license is owned by Richard Caban, brother of Eddie Caban, Adams, Caban, the whole cabal hang out at Consofrito to the break of dawn. And by the way, there are a lot of known felons who hang out there, an average cop. If he hung out with known felons, would have to give up his badge and gun and lose his pension. But it's do as I say, not as I do. Up there. 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Beep, beep, bop, bop, boop, boop, boop. I smell smoke in the auditorium. Now, this is the second theme song for Eric Adams, Swagger Man with No Plan, Mayor of the Illegal Aliens, because he's always complaining that people are picking on him, especially members of the press. If they're white, he says, don't you realize my complexion is my protection? How dare you question me? You've never walked in my shoes, and he says this, which they don't know, the white press. Euro-Asiatic black man, which is verbiage right out of the Nation of Islam, screwy Louis Farrakhan that he used to adore years ago in the 90s. When he ran against Major Owens, who was the Democratic congressman, he ran as a Republican. He had the endorsement of screwy Louis Farrakhan, the Nation of Islam. They went out, they got him his signatures. And he decided to um, 
sever the relationship because they held a fundraiser for him and about a third of the checks bounced. You try to get the Nation of Islam to rewrite the checks that bounce, and then he discovered Jews, shekels, their checks don't bounce, and he's been in love with Jews ever since. You see, most people never tell that story, but it's all true. Yeah. It's all true, and he loves to be a revisionist and rewrite history. So at that time in the 90s, I mean, you had the second race between your father, Rudy Giuliani, and David Dinkins. You remember I was campaigning with your dad the first time and the second time. So I know everything. The other night, Eric Adams was at a town hall meeting in Brownsville, Brooklyn, heart of Brownsville. Never ran, never will. He talked about how he was birthed there, which is correct. He was there for maybe six months, and they moved to Southeast Queens. His mother moved the family, Southeast Queens. Meantime, I I lived there two years, from uh, 74 to 76. I was the only white boy there. So I actually have more Brownsville roots than he does with the mezuzah on the door, which meant that's when the Jews used to live there. They would have the mezuzah on the door. The brothers and sisters, what is that? And they would say, well, that's the Jewish landlord. No. Stop that nonsense. So anyway, I want you to listen to Eric Adams, who realizes that the walls are closing in on this federal investigation on his campaign financial contributions, not meeting muster. So he's doing what he's always done. He's playing the race card. He's using the fact that his complexion is his protection, and he's deciding to cloak himself as the second coming of David Dinkins and vilifying your father. And who did we get after David Dinkins? Giuliani. It was a setup for a setback. That's what it was. A setup for a setback? I mean, does he not realize that the four highest crime years in the history of New York City were all under David Dinkins? That you had over 2,000 murders a year. Every single year under David Dinkins, Curtis. And what Rudy Giuliani was able to implement through sure will and through, thankfully, some work by city council members who came across party lines because they realized the city was so desperate that they needed somebody that was going to come in and actually enforce broken windows policing, bring quality of life back, which, by the way, ended up reintroducing the economic lifeblood into New York. That was what Rudy Giuliani represents to New York. But I've seen kind of this revisionist history, not just by Adams, but by the Sharptons of the world and by... Others who really have gone after, I think, not just Rudy Giuliani, but I think the entire broken windows approach to policing. And that's what this is. This is an attack to make sure in the future that people don't actually look at the facts, at the data, at the numbers, and see how much more effective Rudy Giuliani was, the greatest mayor in the history of New York City, versus David Dinkins, who arguably is the worst mayor in the history of New York City, thanks to Bill de Blasio, because that arguably has now been added to David Dinkins' legacy because de Blasio probably is the worst now, mayor in the history both of you and I, Andrew, we have many Republican friends uh, in the city council, in other local uh, elected uh, positions, mm-hmm. and in the various county organizations. They have become Eric Adams Republicans. Notice, they defend Eric Adams more than they defend anything else. Of yeah. Oh, Eric Adams. Oh, uh, the socialists, the liberals, progressives are trying to take him down. we got to support Eric Adams. I want them to listen to this because they don't venture into black neighborhoods like Brownsville like I do. 
It was my wife, Nancy, who did the deep dive to unearth this and other other cuts that we played yesterday on the Rip and Read and we'll replay today at 12. I want that cut again. Rico Radabali, this man supported your father, Rudy Giuliani, for election, was a registered Republican, Eric Adams, and actually is quoted in the Daily News. And City Hall listens now because... Every Monday through Friday, they know I'm on 705, and I'm going to rip Eric Adams and the administration a new one. Do your research, City Hall. Daily News, Eric Adams then says, David Dinkins soft on crime. I support Rudy Giuliani because he's uh, he's going to be a law and order mayor. And who did we get after David Dinkins? Giuliani. It was a setup for a setback. That's what it was. This is, uh, yeah, I mean, everything I just said absolutely stands on this. I mean, I think people, inst- I think just kind of repeating what I've said on this is so important because when you see the push by the left to try to tear down not just Rudy Giuliani because of his connection to Trump, but really tear down what Rudy Giuliani stands for, which is law and order, which is broken windows policing, which is increasing the quality of life in the city of New York, which also ended up seeing, by the way, increase in the quality of life, decreases in crimes in other cities in the country. This has been an attack on this because they need the revisionist history on well, this, Curtis. No, they do. They need this, the revisionist know, history on this. Eric Adams. Otherwise, otherwise. Understand this for they, Eric Adams. Then they're not going to be able to hold on to power because other candidates like yourself who has looked and said, well, the quality of life in New York City is is terrible to but all New Yorkers. To be White, honest, black, brown, Andrew, Latino doesn't matter. It's not about that. Everything is always about what's in the best interest of Eric Adams. He yes. knows he's going to be indicted. He knows he needs the support of the black community. He he speaks black to the black community, and he speaks white to the rest of the yeah, community. He tells you what you want to hear. You're right, but but this over. I've heard this. Multiple times, many times over the last couple of years. And I think that's ultimately what the goal is of this messaging campaign. You're right. Eric Adams, in this instance, was telling an audience what he thought that audience wanted to hear rather than the honest truth, which is he actually endorsed Rudy Giuliani because David Dinkins was soft on crime. And he said it with his own two words. And by the way, he needs the support of the black community. That's why he became mayor. Remember, very contentious. Democratic primary in which he barely beat Maya Wiley, African-American woman who was like a clone of AOC, all out crazy, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Kathy Garcia, who had the endorsement of the New York Times, you know, all the Upper West Side progressives would come to me, see Kathy Garcia, Kathy Garcia. <laughs> he barely beat them in ranked choice voting, which uh, Frank Morano was in love with. Everybody ate, uh, uh, Everybody else hates. You know, Frank Morano, ranked choice, ranked choice. Get out of here. It's it like took two weeks to game. figure out. I remember you and I sweating our you-know-what's off in front of the Queen's like, Board of Elections. Like, like, in, in, like, mid-July, it was after the fireworks had gone up before 4th of July. Say, so, hey, who's Curtis running against? Let oh, and know. remember, as soon as he barely won that, he was already anointed Mayor Eric Adams. Remember, they would oh, refer yeah. to him, hey, here I am, I'm running against him. Who? No, it's over. It's over. He's the new face of the Democratic Party. Soon he'll be at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. No, he could well be on his way to the big house in chains and shackles. And let me give you the timeline, because remember, I have rats at City Hall. That's right, City Hall. You know, I have rats and I have rats in the police detail assigned to Eric Adams. This is what's going to happen. 
Uh, you remember this guy, Eric Ulrich. Yep. Formerly city councilman, Republican, representing Ozone Park, Howard Beach, uh, and the Irish Riviera and Broad Channel. Uh, he then became the county chairman as a whacked Bob Turner. It was the Ides of March, the former congressman, great guy. They summoned him in, and then it was like March 15th, right? <laughs> and it was Eric Olich. Eric Olich, we talked about making deals, right, how this mayor, Eric Adams, according to uh, the city council, both friends and foes who've told me this directly, he never once picked up the phone. He never once lobbied any city council person in advance of this anti-police bill and anti-correctional officers bill. Not once. Didn't even have a 10-minute conversation. You know what Bill de Blasio, when he was mayor, had a conversation with Eric Ulrich? Eric Ulrich was the deciding vote on who would become speaker of the city council. Uh, You had Dan Grodniak from the Upper East Side, moderate Democrat, nice guy. And you had Melissa Mark, Viverito, F-A-L-N, Machateros, Death to America, would never stand for the National mm-hmm. Anthem or the Pledge of Allegiance. Sort of like uh, your favorite Matt Delgado. Remember Delgado? They keep him in the uh, dugout because he almost had 500 yeah, homers. that's right. Delgado wouldn't have forgot about that. Good memory. Chris. So Eric Ulrich gets up in the city council. I would never vote for her for speaker. She's not American. You know tomorrow I'm casting my vote for Dan Gorodnik, not Melissa Mark. Vivarito! Bill de Blasio gets on the phone that night after he smoked his doobie, you know, on the back porch with Charlene. <laughs> Said, Eric, let's make a deal. Monty Hall, door number one, door number two, door number three. In less than 24 hours, Eric Ulrich, that Usinit, sold out the city and cast his vote for Melissa Mark Viverito. Cast his vote for the socialists. We've been plagued by socialists ever since. And he became the chairman of the Veterans Committee. He got Lulu's. He got discretionary funds. The mayor treated him as if he was Dante, his son. That outreditor. Now, let's get up to speed. You know, he became the buildings commissioner. Mm -hmm. It's like putting the fox in the chicken coop. He owed $600,000 to the banana crime family in a vig because he was a degenerate gambler. And Aldo's. He'd go to Aldo's. He brought the mayor to Aldo's twice to do fundraisers yeah, with Is the that mob. why he fundraised for the for uh, Adams rather than right. fundraising for you? With the mob. Yeah. I mean, these are, that's part of the case that right. Alvin Bragg has. February is the case against Eric Ulrich. And the Bonanno crime family guys, they got swept up in this fundraising for Eric Adams. You know that Alvin Bragg is not prosecuting just Eric Ulrich on this. The whole case is going to be about the involvement of Eric Adams, who went to Aldo's on two occasions to meet with organized criminals. Anyone in that neighborhood would have told him. What the hell are you doing at Aldo's? That's a mob joint. That's the old Altadonna where Gotti would have 12-hour luncheons with John Santucci, the Queen's DA, and they just converted it to Aldo's. It's a mob joint. He knew that. What are you going in it? Because they were throwing money at Eric for his campaign, and it's matching funds, you know, eight to one. That's part of the reason that Eric Adams is going to get indicted and might go to jail. But I believe that once you hear what goes on in the trial against Eric Ulrich and some of his cronies, 
you're going to realize this is not really about Eric Ulrich. This is about Eric Adams. Well, let me ask you, what's in it for Alvin Bragg on this? And I know, look, obviously, when you look and say a district attorney should basically prosecute the law, we know that Alvin Bragg is a political animal. So that's why I'm asking for this. What's in it for him? Does he look and say, hey, Jumani as sitting mayor is a better ally, natural ally to me than Eric Adams? Because Eric Adams has been... Very easy on Alvin Bragg. He's not called him out, really, for bail reform. We'll call him out directly. I mean, when you and I were talking about going on the streets and saying, hey, Alvin Bragg should be removed for yeah. dereliction of his duty and yeah. for not actually uh, ex- uh, executing the oath of his office and violating the New York State Constitution. As a matter of fact, I remember that was a big thing in the debates between Zeldin and I, which was who called it first. We probably called it about simultaneously. I still think I ended up saying it first. But uh, that's neither here nor there. This was a pretty uh, rallying cry that even went across party lines here. When Alvin Bragg was in the U.S. Attorney's Office, Southern District, he did nothing about street crime, you know, auto theft, all all the crimes that he ignores now. He was in charge of public integrity, which means going after corrupt officials. Damian Williams is the U.S. uh, Attorney in the Southern District, like your dad used to be, like Preet Bahari used to be. He had a press conference earlier this year saying, my sole reason for focusing is public integrity, all the political corruption. Alvin Bragg does not want Damian Williams taking that case from him Mm -hmm. because Damian Williams is building up his own case, which is the Turkish money. Mm -hmm. You know, Eric Adams going back and forth to Turkey, what, nine times? Uh, Who the hell goes to Turkey nine times? You go to uh, Israel. You may have gone to Italy, Ireland in the old days. You go to the Dominican Republic now. You go to Puerto Rico because that's where the votes are. Who the hell goes to Turkey? Unless you're the bag man, you know, carrying a bag of cash from Erdogan, who, by the way, thinks that Hamas are martyrs, freedom fighters, and hates Jews. Yeah. But, hey, if you got money, they'll take money, and that's why he's in trouble. But when we come back, I want to talk about the missing in action, Eric Adams, on a story that has gone viral. I've done interviews all over the world on it. The Venezuelan gang thugs who did the, gave a beatdown to cops right up 42nd Street, 7th Avenue, right out the New Amsterdam Theater at night. Hundreds of people around. Oh, and they're it, in jail, right, Curtis? Are those guys in jail? No, they're on their oh, way to Cali, Cali. I believe oh. the Catholic Charities gave, bought them the bus tickets so that they could get out of town. They're staying at the Hotel California. When we come back, we got to play the Eagles classic because they're going to be cooling, cooling out at the Hotel California, probably courtesy of Catholic Charities because apparently a religious nonprofit bought them tickets to get the hell out of town. Right here, Andrew Giuliani, yours truly, Curtis Lewa, Sid Rosenberg, celebrating his eighth anniversary of broadcasting at WABC. Uh, they decided not to do Aliyah in Israel and stay there. And we'll be back in the catbird seat Monday morning, same time, same place, 6 to 10, Monday through Fridays here. The number one rated morning show in America, Sid Rosenberg and Friends. Everybody always picking on me. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Welcome to the Hotel California. Such a lovely place. 
somewhere out there in the heartland of America, there are four bad hombres from Venezuela who are pounding the greyhound to get to Cali Cali, where there's lots of their fellow vatos and cholos, and they're going to stay at the Hotel California made famous by this Eagles uh, song. Who are the four? They are probably the most infamous thugs, criminals in the world right now because they are seen over and over stomping with their, their shoes and boots. Two police officers, one a lieutenant, one a patrolman, right outside the New Amsterdam Theater, right on 42nd Street. The gateway to the world, 42nd and 7th Avenue. There are hundreds of people there. First off, nobody has mentioned, nobody jumped in to help the cops. Yeah. How do you, that's 830 at night. I was out there the other night. I did the live hit with Hannity, with the Guardian Angels, and we were thumping some of those Venezuelan thugs like, yo, this ain't, this is our city. This is our country. You're a guest. Behave like a guest because we're paying for your $400 a night rooms at the uh, every hotel in Times Square. But. They no. Have you heard anybody mention it? No, no, I haven't heard anybody mention it at all. And you're absolutely right. I mean, if this isn't, we'll get into this in a minute. But if this isn't a perfect example of exactly just how disastrous bail reform has been, to actually catch these migrants beating up these cops on camera, and they're released within 24 hours. Gang assault. That's gang assault. That's gang assault. That's exactly what that is. Of a of a peace officer, nonetheless. Now, again, because the whole, st- the whole story doesn't get told here. The whole story does not get told. Number one, there were hundreds of people walking around Times Square. Some of them, young men of military age who happen to be American citizens, whether they were locals or, in fact, they were tourists. You didn't see one person jump in to try to help the cops there. Not one. So, hey, where where were all the Good Samaritans? Because Good Samaritans have lost their culiones ever since Alvin Bragg decided to go after Americans who stand their ground, like Jose Alba Mm -hmm. at the bodega in Harlem, who was put on Rikers Island, second-degree murder charge, a million dollars bail, finally released, and you know what he said? I'm getting the hell out of here. I'm going to the Dominican Republic. Yeah. I'm a hell of a lot safer in the DR than in Washington Heights, Harlem, and Inwood. Yeah. That's one. Mm-hmm. And then Marine Daniel Penny yeah. choking out Jordan Neely, an emotionally disturbed, psychotic individual, to protect other people on that F train who is facing second-degree manslaughter charge is later this year to Alvin Bragg. So you say to yourself, that's why people are not jumping in. I guarantee you. Yeah. This would have been a while back. That's a back. great point, Curtis. People would have jumped in. These are not big guys, these Venezuelans, man. They're, they're like 120 pounds soaking wet. We're not talking guys who are like UFC throwing spinning hook kicks, you know, all muscled up. These are young adult males who are skinny bellinis. Oh, they can be very violent, as you saw in that film. But where? Nobody has mentioned this. Where were citizens coming to the aid of cops who were in distress? That's number one. Number two, I see Shell is the spokesperson uh, on this at One Police Plaza. You know, he's the chief, the white guy, the big white guy you see talking. Where's Eddie Caban on this, right? Isn't he the police commissioner? 
I mean, you can you imagine Raymond Kelly was police commissioner, Bill Bratton? Would he have a deputy chief talking on behalf of the police department? Or do you think they would be expressing their outrage? Of course, it would be them. That's number two. And when they were arrested, because they did catch some of them, not all of them at first, how come they weren't hit with a gang assault charge? Now, I'm going to give the cops the benefit of the doubt. I haven't seen the paperwork. But I want to see what the cops charged them with. Because what you got to understand is Eric Adams has a blanket immunity for all the illegal aliens that he invited into our city. They are untouchables, Andrew. Mm -hmm. They are untouchables. So let's try to find, in fact, Nancy today is going to discuss that with me in the rip and reach. She's doing the deep dive. What did the cops charge those first four with? Number two, Alvin Bragg, we know, cut him loose. And now they're on their way to the Hotel California, the first four, I believe it's Catholic Charities. I'm not sure that we're going to do the deep dive, but it's said a religious organizational nonprofit that they went to to get a ticket to get the hell out of town and head to Cali Cali. Want to bet the over-under point spread, Andrew uh, Giuliani, is that it was Catholic Charities, which is a racket that is helping these illegal aliens in with our federal tax dollars, our money, not their money, not church money, our money. Oh, you you don't want to miss the 12 o'clock, Rip and Reed. We're doing the deep dive on all of this. And also, up next, we have to discuss what has the mayor said about all this. We don't see him. We don't hear him. The biggest story in the world, the thugs beating down brave New York City police officers who don't have nightsticks because of Eric Adams. Because of the so-called former cop, the house mouse, Eric Adams. In the master's chambers, they gathered for the feast. They stab it with their steely knives, but they just can't kill the beast. Last thing I remember, I was running for the door. You talk, we listen. 77 WABC. Entertaining and informative. This is sit in friends in the morning 77 WABC Andrew Giuliani yours truly Curtis Lee was sitting in for Sid celebrating his 8th anniversary of broadcasting on WABC over this weekend as he's flying back on L out and he will be with all of you on Monday same time same place But now we've dissected and bisected the biggest story that has gone viral out of New York City, and that is these Venezuelan gangbanging thugs giving a beatdown to police officers who were left on their own. Number one, I'm going to say it again. I can't say it enough. Nobody jumped in to help these cops. Hey, man out there, grow a set. You're so nebbishy. You show stuff. Cops getting beamed down on the ground. A bunch of shrimpy Venezuelans. You know how we were intimidating them the other night after we did the Hannity hit? They were clearing out of our way. Say, this ain't your town. This ain't your country. You're a guest of Eric Adams who invited you here. We didn't. 
you better behave. Yeah, but Kurt, you laid it out and you laid the reasons out, I think, very, very well in the last segment, which is I think people are afraid to go and step up when they know that in many ways these migrants are an untouchable political uh, issue. So if they go to the defense of the cops and let's say something ends up happening in defending themselves and defending the police officers, let's say a migrant gets hurt or something like that, I would definitely expect this DA yes. to go after the people that were correct. defending themselves and defending correct. the cops, then the migrants. So that's actually a product of this district attorney and the lawlessness that has pervaded New York City under his reign and really over the last 10 years, it feels like. Point two, Eric Adams is always talking about how for 22 years he put on the bulletproof vest and served the people as a cop. And most of that was as a computer programming is transit police taking all the paperwork in the wreckage division and putting it on floppy disks and then being a house mouse in the NYPD. This guy was not an active patroller. Uh, I want to know how many collars he made. But put that aside. Mm -hmm. Notice the two cops do not have nightsticks. The nightsticks were taken away from them by the man who single-handedly destroyed the city that we love, Bill de Blasio. All Eric Adams would have had to say as a former cop, a nightstick in your hand is great crowd control. Everybody knows when the cop pulls out the wooden nightstick, Mm -hmm. everybody backs off. They strip the police of that. Now, you notice the police are wrestling with these guys. Well, what are you going to do, shoot them? Then if they shoot them, taser them, half the time the taser doesn't work. They have no, no ability to ward off an attack on them. The nightstick, let me tell you something. Having grown up with cops who could swing, uh, like Officer Joe Bolton, who used to be before your time, he'd be on Channel 11, he would swing that nightstick. They yeah. could do tricks with it. <laughs> they give you a wooden shampoo, bam! And the best way is if you were outnumbered, you hit him in the shins, the kneecap, they would start, they'd be like, hop along Cassidy. They'd be limping away, a block away, when the squad car rolled up said, look, Anybody you see limping down the block, that's them. That's the guy. That's pinching. That's the guy right they there. They can't do that. They're yeah. wrestling on the ground. Yeah, look, it's it's it, it, the ways that we have handicapped our cops in terms of being able to enforce public safety and protect themselves, Curtis, right? Protect themselves, which is what we're seeing in this video, which has gone viral, which has been covered nationally. But I'll tell you what, the thing that was amazing to me is to see kind of crime wave Kathy Hochul's reversal on this and how Hochul seems to be much more out there than the mayor in terms of actually calling for deporting these migrants than Eric Adams, which is kind of shocking. When you get flanked by Kathy Hochul and you're the mayor, Eric Adams, um, it shows that, uh, I don't say you're not ready for prime time, but where the heck are you? Well, Where are you, buddy? Remember, Eric Adams, when he was running for mayor, and I know this well, believed in Andrew Evilize Como's statements about ICE, Limigre, immigration and naturalization. He has gone on record and says they're thugs. Listen to Andrew Evilize Como, uh, who thinks he's going to replace Eric Adams as mayor over my dead body. New York State is the state that says we will not cooperate with ICE. They're a bunch of thugs. He politicized ICE. They're a bunch of thugs. We said we will sue them if they violate any criminal laws in the state of New York. Now, Curtis, he stands by those statements right now, doesn't he? Yeah. I mean, he's tried to revise everything. 
<laughs> He's been on here what seven times. Nobody will answer that. Ask yeah. him that question. T- talk about statements that did not age too well, considering the crisis that our city and our country is under right well, now. Thinking about, and we're going to discuss it up next. Peter King versus Cuomo and their surrogates running in the third congressional district. The Dr. Seuss race, Mazi right. versus Swazi. And how Swazi was so proud that he was an ally of Cuomo at that time that he kicked out ICE out of Nassau County when he was county executive, which meant that MS-13 came came in and just dominated. Well, we'll deal with that in the next hour. Okay, so we've, we've set the board, right? Yeah. Uh, we've heard Chief Shell, who's not even the police commissioner, no Eddie Caban. Uh, the mayor, you would think he would have had a press conference. This guy, oh, yeah, you know, I'm the, I was a cop 22 years. Hey, uh, Noam Layden, uh, news director, what has Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, mayor of the illegal aliens, said about these people that he invited into our city that we're paying for as they stay at the New York Row Hotel and other hotels, $400 a night at our expense? Uh, well, he did make some comments on WPIX where he said he was disgusted by what he saw and that we're going to find each person involved and they're going to be brought to justice. He did not say anything about the, you know, sending them back to their home countries like Governor Hochul. He said he did let the criminal justice system do what it has to do if it means incarcerating them here in the U.S. Oh, hold on a second. Well, I'm glad he said the United States and not New York because I think four of them are out of New York, New York's jurisdiction right hey, now. And they know they're, they're, they're going out because Gruesome Newsome, the governor there, is not only a sanctuary state, but when he was mayor of San Francisco, remember the illegal alien killed a woman down in the wharf. Killed a woman in the wharf. And he said, no, you can't prosecute him. He's, he's our friend. He's our amigo. He's an illegal alien. We treat them better than we uh, do our own citizens. He murdered and he got away with it because of gruesome nuisance. But let's get here. Uh, no. Yes. The person who let these guys loose is Alvin Bragg. In honor of Bernard McGurk. Oh, we miss him dearly. And the eighth anniversary of when Sid Rosenberg joined Bernard McGurk and did their very first broadcast. Actually, this weekend is the anniversary. Every day, Bernard, even in his last days, with the pain, you could hear it in his voice, would say, Eric Adams refuses to name and shame Alvin Bragg. How come he hasn't criticized his very dear friend, Alvin Bragg, for releasing these mutts and skells so that they can make their way, I believe, with the help of Catholic Charities, out to the Hotel California. Well, you'd have to ask the mayor that. He's not said any, made any public comments about Alvin Bragg and his connection to this beatdown of those cops in Times Square. Uh, you're the news director, right? I am. There is a guy who has paid an out, 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 outrageous amount of money. They made him deputy mayor. He was nothing but the press flag. What is his name there at City Hall? Uh... Levy, Levy, whatever. Fabian, right? I oh, Fabian Levy. Fabian, Fabian Levy. Yeah. yeah, he's one of your people. Yeah. He's one of your tribe. Uh, would you get on? <laughs> what has that got to do with anything? Right? I okay. a lot. You know, hey, look, he ain't talking to me. He'll talk to you. I, I do have communication with him. I will. Yeah. yeah. What, what would you like me to ask? Because he's the news director. I mean, more more than the. the no, it has to do with that. Thing. Just the fact that I'm Jewish. Right. Yeah, no, I know, I know. But maybe you talk to him because he's the news director. Before right. before the twelve o'clock rip and read, because right. my wife Nancy will already have the information, as everybody knows. What were these four thugs charged with by the NYPD? What were they charged with? Number two, is the mayor going to condemn Alvin Bragg for releasing them? 
Number three. Oh, hold on a second. Let me get a pencil. I didn't oh realize we were going to get a homework Do I have to again. sharpen your number two pencil? You do, yeah. Okay. Do I need to go through it again? You do. Start from the beginning? My, no, no, my. This guy's a stunard. You know, he's filibustering me here. <laughs> okay, number one. He right. knows how to handle you, Sleewa. That's it. Patience, your horoscope said. Patience. Patience. So have right? some patience, okay? So, number one, what were these thugs charged with? The police paperwork. Okay. The initial arrest. Right. Were they charged with gang assault? Because they could not have been released if it was gang assault. Number two... Uh, is the mayor condemning Alvin Bragg for releasing them because they're on their way to the Hotel California? Number three, does the mayor join the governor, Hochul, his very dear friend, in advocating that they be kicked out, all of them be kicked out of the country, which requires ICE involvement? And number four, the most important for the cops, is he going to give the police department back, the police officers, the wooden nightstick that Eric Adams used to say, I used to carry when I was on patrol. He almost never went on patrol. All four of those. Do you think you could have an answer since the guy has now been paid outrageous amounts of money as a deputy mayor of what, public information? I can reach out to him. It's not even 8 o'clock, so my guess is I will have a response for you. Wait, wait, wait. He's part of your tribe. Oh, wait, is there a fifth question? No, that's it. We're going to make it very simple for you. Four questions. Okay. You think you can handle that? I no. think I can handle the four questions, yeah. You better have them, uh, an answer by 12 because Nancy already has the answer. Oh, she does. Okay. And, Curtis, before we go to break here on this, I want to mention something really important about this. You know, I know Kathy Hochul has said it's time to deport these immigrants. But remember, these ones who assaulted these cops, remember, she still has the authority to remove the district attorney for violating his oath of office. And the New York State Constitution says very clearly, any district attorney who shall fail to faithfully prosecute a person charged with the violation in his or her county or of any provision of this article which may come to his or her knowledge, the governor has the opportunity to do that. So instead of just talking tougher, Kathy Hochul, I would strongly consider actually looking at Alvin Bragg, looking at the oath that he took to our U.S. and New York Constitution very easy to determine that he has violated those oaths. Uh, and because of that, Andrew, we're much more. Yes. Go ahead. Curtis. His Go complexion ahead. is his protection. Kathy, Kathy Hochul, put, white girl from Erie County who has said out of her kitchen she can see the province of Ontario across you, Lake Erie, will never remove a black official at any level. Sadly, you're right. But you know what? If you do not execute your oath of office by the New York State Constitution, doesn't matter what color you are, doesn't matter what religion you are, you don't deserve to serve the people of New York. No, no, I don't see you crafting that email. I am. Here, this, you want to hear my keyboard? Uh, yeah, I'd like to hear that. You seem to be filibustering that because you'll probably see your very dear friend, Fabian Levy, you know, for brunch. Hey, you know, Fabian, I warded off Sliwa and his wife Nancy. Together, we do. We do. We, we will we'll down a couple they of mimosas not, the whole week. Not works. on Saturday, though, because you well, guys yeah, are Shabbos, observing. Right. Right, no, no, it's, yeah. uh, it's a hummus summit that he has with Fabian. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> Up next, Andrew Evilized Cuomo is hovering around, thinks he's going to be the next mayor over my dead body. Listening on our FM affiliate, WLIR, is Andrew Evilized Cuomo. 
Uh, he lives at the mansion in Southampton of his uh, brother Fredo, Chris Cuomo, and his wartime consigliere, Joe Pococco, just released after doing six years of political for political corruption on behalf of Team Cuomo. Up next, uh, Andrew Giuliani, we must discuss what has turned out to be surrogates in this race for the 3rd Congressional District, replacing George Santos. In one corner, it is Peter King, the congressman, managing Mozzie. In the other corner, it's Andrew Evilized Cuomo managing Swazi. Because they're both Siamese twins. They were both for congestion pricing, and they both vilified ICE. And so... Andrew, I know you have your interpretations. You have a number of issues that you want to deal with in this. Both I and Sid, we have cast our lot in with Congressman Peter King for Mozzie. And by the way, I was leaning that way, too, until some of the comments I heard this week, which we'll get to here, I guess, after the oh, break. Oh, yeah. Very important. Uh, WPIX Channel 11 uh, interview with Mozzie. And the debate that everyone said would have to take place is signed, sealed, and delivered February 8th, 8 o'clock, Channel 12. And remember, this is a sprint. February 13th is the final day of voting. Early voting will has already started. And that means we'll have a brand-new congressperson on February 13th. And then the process starts all over again with a primary in June and a general election in November. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. What'd you say? He's just a friend. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Oi! Hit me with your best shot. Eleven days away from the only race taking place in the nation with national ramifications. It is Mozzie versus Swazi, and you can almost say that Mozzie is like Pat Benatar. You know, hit me with your best shot, she's saying to Swazi. And the lit drops, the commercials are flying fast and furiously. I'm monitoring all that because... A uh, guy who works with me, James Perrone, lives in the district. He gets all the lit drops from both sides. He's getting a double hernia carrying all the mail that is coming in to all the registered voters, Democrat, Republicans, and independents in what will be the most watched race at the beginning of the year. And in the house to join us, John Katzmatidis, owner and operator, great talk show host in his own right. Uh, five o'clock roundtable discussion uh, with uh, Rita Cosby, John, and their many contributors. And naturally, the two hours of news on Sunday morning, 8 to 10, which basically goes for the next 72 hours, goes viral, gets carried across the world, and oftentimes are the leading stories in that uh, night's evening news and the next day's news. And this weekend, I understand it's your turn to swing it out with uh, Anthony Weiner. That's right, and in fact, uh, uh, our own John Katsimatidis uh, has the call-out. Remember the Prince Spaghetti Day call-out? He calls out. Anthony! 
Miami. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I hear that. But that's for the Grimaldi pizza. It's Grimaldi's. No, no, no. That's for Anthony Weiner. <laughs> no, no. It's for the... You sure? What would I rather have? Anthony Weiner or, or Anthony's Grimaldi pizza? Well, if Anthony was making well, the pizza. Son Anthony. Right. Grimaldi's. That's right, but if Anthony Weiner were making the pizza, Anthony it would have Wiener, to be kosher. Lose. I'd rather have the pizza. I must say, though, uh, Andrew Giuliani, yes. you know, I follow the analytics. Um, John Katsimatidis in the ratings when he's with uh, Anthony Weiner kicks my butt. They're great. I, I They're don't come amazing. anywhere near you, John. Yes, but, uh, you know, we're also recruiting. Uh, Anthony wants a bigger challenge on the two of us. Oh, who might that be? Roger Stone. Oh, Roger Could you imagine Stone. the two of them going at it? Wow. I mean, you could do it in the same studio, or you'd we have to sell, put uh, you know, we a couple could police sell tickets. officers in there. We could sell there. tickets for that. Yeah. Absolutely. So you're, you're trying to engineer that as we speak. Yes. I Excellent. think Chad is working on Excellent. But uh, you will not be in the bull ring uh, this weekend? This weekend I have uh, business meetings in the... Well, where do people go for business meetings in the winter? Where do they go, period? Florida. Florida, okay. We got, we got a business meeting in Florida. Every, every, time, every time I meet a New Yorker, someone from the city, hey, you know, Curtis, I'm halfway out the door, you know, but the insurance rates are astronomical in Florida. That's the only thing that's keeping me from moving now and putting my house on a listing for sale. Listen, you're not going to see in Florida what, what happened. They're not going to beat up policemen in the Florida. Oh, no. Yeah. That's exactly I mean, right. this is—it's getting out of—it's getting out of control. It is really, really silly. Uh, and uh, uh, I said to uh, uh, some of our politicians in Albany, and I'm not going to mention names, that uh, uh, maybe they should get deported. Yep. Well, we see that obviously the governor listened to you yeah, because Kathy that's Hope been the soundbite. Right well, I said we it a couple of days ago. Deport yeah. them all. She, she said the right thing. Yeah. Deport them all, she well, said. Look, when she gets mad, she gets mad. Mm-hmm. And maybe I hope she's mad at this one. Yeah. Because enough is enough, guys. Yeah. I and mean, it, it's just, it, it's out of control. It's silly. Now, what they're doing is, and we talked about the 5 o'clock hour, and not everybody knows about this, and uh, is the fact that uh, uh, the Mexican president is starting to hold back some of the migrants to make President Biden look good because... He is terrified of Donald Trump. Yeah. Well, well, that's what he had to that's do. That's what's happening, by the way. Remember, that's what Trump so, forced yeah. him to do in yes. 2019 and 2020. He, he said, you hold it. it back. Yes, but, you know, you, you, I'll give you an example. Yeah. If Biden wins, he'll force him to do it till, till uh, November 5th. Yeah. November 6th. You know <laughs> what happens? Free flow again. Free right flow open. again. <laughs> so the question is, whom do you trust to be president? Yeah. That's exactly right. I mean, <laughs> look, when you see the difference between the illegal migration, we're coming on about look, 10 believe, million now look, at this I, point. I, I believe under the in Biden immigration. I'm an immigrant. I believe in immigration. But remember what me and Bill Fugazi used to do? You of were course. just a kid. Of course, but you, you had the you, Italian. You were about two, you know, a foot and a half tall. <laughs> and uh, we had the Ellis Island Awards, and we used to award all the. Uh, uh, aliens that came and worked hard and made themselves a success in America. Mm-hmm. We want checks and balances. Yeah. We want people coming through the borders that we know who they are. We want people coming through the borders, you know, for what? We want them to say, I pledge allegiance to America. And, John, you know, the truth is, I don't even think 
you know, if you're a conservative Republican, whatever it is, I don't think you even have to preface it at this point. I think you can even just look and say, because we know that you love the American dream and the immigrant dream of building something incredible here in the United States of America. I think you just say, look, I want to protect those children that are being trafficked over the border. I want to protect all well, those people who Robert, have died you know, of fentanyl had- poisoning over the last... Four three years because of this president because that's really what's going on that's and that's the cost I of had, this open border. I had dinner with Robert Yanaway, uh, and he was in our studio too from Goya Foods. Yeah, love him. And he wants to know, and he started a whole fund. Eighty five thousand children are missing. Yeah. Now, are they missing because they they were given away? Are they missing because? I'm going to say it, but I, 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 it makes me disgusted that they needed body parts. Yeah. I mean, this is this is what's going on in the border is for money, yeah. money, 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 money. I mean, it's crazy what's going on. We've lost law and order in our country, yeah, without a doubt. And if we can, let's just review the video that has gone viral all over the world. It has once again made it appear that it's unsafe to come to New York because this didn't happen in the Bronx or Brooklyn or Staten Island where most tourists would not know. It happened in the heart of Times Square, right outside of the New Amsterdam Theater, 42nd Street, 7th Avenue. Uh, A gang of Venezuelans, and they have formed gangs in all the places that they're being housed at our expense, uh, gave a beatdown to two police officers, a lieutenant and a patrolman. First off, uh, if you noticed, uh, John, when they were getting kicked and punched and stomped on, no citizens came to their aid. This is 830 at night, Remember what happened to that Marine that came to the aid of everybody in the the subway car? Penny. They're they're giving him a headache. I mean, it's service. They arrested him. He's going to trial. I mean... A Marine that was trained to help Americans. I mean, how can they do that? Number two. I want to cry when I hear it. Yeah, number two. The police officers that you and I grew up with, Officer Crumkey from West Side Story, had nightsticks. When things got out of control, a police officer who was outnumbered would pull out the nightstick, and everybody knew, okay, that's it, back off. They took the night. The cops on the horses. Yeah, well, they, they took the nightsticks away from the cops. Bill de Blasio did. Eric Adams has not returned the nightsticks. I think if there's anything positive that can come out of this video, you must give the police officers the nightsticks back. I got to tell you, John, there were many times cops were outnumbered. They'd give the thugs a wooden shampoo. They'd crack them in the kneecaps or the shins. If you've ever... uh, uh Put your shin up against a coffee table. Nick oh. your shin. It's painful for the. I guarantee you, they might get away. They'll make it a block, a block and a half. They're limping. The other cops who would come would right away know if they're limping down the block, grab them, mm-hmm. uh, round them they up. Took a, why didn't they use a taser? Why didn't they use a nightstick? We, have we taken everything yes. away from the police officers? Yeah. We're putting them out there. Well, what is the next thing they're going to do? Well, they're going to put targets on their back? John, mm-hmm. you saw they were tackling them. Remember, initially the cops tackled the main thug. Tackle. This is not football. They have to be on their feet. The moment the cops are on the ground wrestling, 
They lose. Yeah, you're, especially when you're outnumbered, then you're completely vulnerable. Look, I've been completely. in many fights surrounded by gangs. You don't leave your feet. The moment you're on your ground, you better get into a fetal position because they may kill you or they may turn you into a vegetable by just stomping your head in. Yeah. You must stay on your feet. Look, in so many ways, these cops were actually lucky that they didn't have a knife on them, right? If they had a knife, then they might have been killed. Look, they were lucky they didn't take their guns. Yeah, that's exactly now, right, too. next question, because you know this guy, Alvin Bragg, did not remand them to jail. A Harvard graduate, and uh, he uh, he was a uh, attorney general for uh, uh in New York, uh, U.S. U.S. Attorney, uh, yeah. Southern District. He was in charge of public integrity. And I, I don't understand why he's doing this. I really don't understand it. Now, there's a nonprofit religious organization that gave these four thugs tickets to beat it out of town to head to California, the Hotel California. I don't know the name of it, but we will have the name of that organization by 12 noon. The Rip and Read Nancy is working on it furiously right now. I have a hunch who it is. You know my hunch is oh. Catholic charities with federal dollars because they do this all over the country. How the hell do you let four bad hombres pick up, leave town, go to California where Newsom will embrace them? Newsom may say, no, you don't have a right uh, to seek their return well, well, to New well, York. One second. Yeah, four of them. There was a report last night that yep. four of them already escaped to California. To California. Yeah. Absolutely. Hey, you used to need a... Uh, uh, you have to be somebody to get on an airplane. Mm-hmm. Now, these migrants, were they allowed on airplanes? No, they showed false papers on the hound. They're pounding the hound, the greyhound. They they gave false identification papers before they got on the greyhound. So already, oh, they didn't take a plane. No, no, the greyhound. The, the Catholic charities will occasionally pay. I don't know if it's Catholic charities for sure. Could have been another nonprofit religious organization. But they generally give you a bus ticket. Well, why didn't the cop? And this is one of the questions I have, Curtis. Why didn't the cops charge them with gang assault so that way it was bail eligible? So it would put. It, I mean, to me, it's amazing. First off, that assault and what we witnessed on the video is not eligible for I bail. I think it's an insult to people just to let them go. Yes, it's an 100%. insult to every New Yorker just to let them go. Yes, and and, and you know, if I was mayor and that was the law, I don't want to break the law. Well, put them someplace where it, it takes two days to process them. And what does this tell to all those other people that are going out there that are talking about the, the police being the problem? Guess what? There's going to be no consequence if you go and beat up a cop. That's what this tells all these people that are saying these vile well, things already, about New Andrew, York's finest. Andrew, already 2,200 cops were assaulted last year. You got that, Rico Radabali? 2,200 cops. And almost nothing happened to the thugs or thuggets who assaulted. Yeah. Think of that. 2000. You know what used to happen, John? If you assaulted a cop, I actually saw it. Some guys trying to make their bones, you know, climbing up the ladder to improve, uh, to uh, sort of uh, sort of get the favor of uh, members of organized crime. would get into a fight with a cop. When they brought him back to the 69th precinct in, in Canarsie, all hell broke loose. Cop would get into the cell, would take his gun belt off, say, oh, you're a tough guy? Let's see how tough you are, one-on-one. Tough guys would shrink. Hey, mommy, where's my mommy? <laughs> no, no, please, can you get my mommy or my mom, my Luke? It's the way it used to be. Listen, it's just out of control. And, uh, by the way, we got some breaking news. Can I get breaking news on that? Ooh, breaking news. 
What happened? What Breaking happened news. But, uh, he, he, can, can we do it in stereo between you and Andrew? Breaking, yes. breaking news. How's that? Is that good? My God. Know. What happened to the... Uh, Okay, Groundhog Day today. Did yes. you know that? I, yes, it's Groundhog and, Day. Uh, uh, Punks so Wayne Phil? Who is that? Punks Tony Phil. Punks Tony Phil. Yes. Saw his shadow. It's gonna, but it's going to be an early spring. Yeah, he didn't see his shadow, I think, right? It's going to be an early spring. Yes. Now, first off. What about Staten Island Chuck? Though Curtis Punks, was telling Punks me that Staten Island Chuck used to be Staten Island Phyllis. And has gone through I, a transition, I guess. I didn't know I, about this. I, didn't, isn't that the one that de Blasio killed? Yes, killed, ten, yes. ten year anniversary today, sadly. And, and so can, God rest. Can you Staten remind Island Bill de Blasio there is soul. no statue of limitation in I'm New York murder. City on murder? On <laughs> murder. I felt bad for that, especially in Staten Island, where they actually do prosecute the laws sometimes. That's true. Oh, they do prosecute the laws. That's too. right. Make <laughs> land in Queens. I talked I talk to your ex yesterday, uh, Curtis. You have, you have to narrow it down there, John. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Which, you got to narrow it down. There's, there's, there's a, there's a <laughs> few well, of them. The district yeah. attorney oh, of, yes. uh, Katz. of Katz. Uh, Katz. Your name, Katz. Yes, Katz. With a, with a, with a K, yes. not a C. Yes, yes. Well, district attorney Katz with a K uh, is prosecuting two Greeks. I mean, a shame, shame. Since when the Greeks in this business, they, they, they uh, had a search warrant in their apartment. They had bombs. Oh. They had uh, ghost uh, guns, guns, ghost, ghost guns, guns. Yep. Uh, and uh, uh, and what what are these guys? What were they planning to yeah, do? Anarchists. And they, they were anarchists, and they wanted to uh, uh, to go after people that that did wrong in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they're anarchists. And remember, Italians had their anarchists, right? Sacco and Vanzetti. Greeks have had a history in Greece when there was a civil war, communists versus the royalists. Of anarchists. Oh, yeah, the history is fraught with stories about anarchists who would set off bombs, but they never had ghost guns back then. They had the old-fashioned .22s. Well, Melinda Katz took them off the streets. Now let's see if she keeps them off the streets. Okay, you, it's your job to keep track of exactly. your, your ex. We will definitely do that. Up next, we have to have John Katzmatidis way on... On the only race in America taking place February 13th, in which you have surrogates running of Peter King, he's supporting Mazzi, and Andrew Cuomo, who's supporting Swazi. you got to weigh in. Cuomo is supporting Swazi? Of course. They, they both for congestion pricing. They both vilified ice. Come on. They're like two peas in a pod. John, I'm telling you something you and don't I, know. I remember a, a Swazi's statement. You know what his statement was? We're not turning anybody over to ISIS. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's yep. right. We'll get into all of that up next. It is the race that everybody is commenting on. And we're only 11 days away, February 13th. We will know who replaces George Santos in the House. And then it starts all over again. Primaries in June and general election in November. Talk. We listen. 77 WABC. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. Uh, so let's get right into it. In one corner, we have Mozzie. Manager is Congressman Peter King. In the other corner, you have Swazi. 
manager, although out of sight, out of mind, Andrew Cuomo. This is a royal battle because this might be a litmus test for what we can expect nationally in November. And boy, every day, as I said, uh, the guy that works with me, James Perrone, who you know well, uh, Andrew mm-hmm. uh, Cuomo, he, he gets the lit drops because he lives in the district, both sides. He says, I'm going to have a double hernia bringing it into you in the city, Curtis. It's sometimes three times a day. Commercials on radio. We just heard one on behalf of Mozzie. Yeah. And then uh, TV commercials. A debate has been set, John, February 8th, 8 o'clock, Channel 12. And I think more people from outside of New York will be watching all across the nation that actually in the district or in New York itself, it is a race. That it touches all the third rails, immigration, congestion pricing for us, and obviously Biden versus Trump. Mm-hmm. And to me, look, I had uh, I love the background of Mozzie and all that, but I've been a little bit suspicious of the of a couple different things. First off, the fact that when she immediately became a Nassau County legislator, she didn't re-register as a Republican. That's one thing. I've kind of put that aside and looked at it and said, okay, it's a little strange, but I'm surprised she did that. But then when she said this week, when she was asked on WPIX, that if President Trump is convicted, she will no longer support him. And she said specifically, actually, let's play the cut here. Let's see if we can hear it right from herself. Just so I'm clear, if he is convicted of a crime, you will not support him. I'm not going to support her. Nobody's above the law. Okay, understood. But he's right now. He's going through the process. We have to give him the opportunity to prove us. He's it sounds like an Anthony Weiner answer. Well, well, the problem is to prove his innocence. No, no. You have a presumption of innocence until proven guilty. On top of that, you think about the people that are going after him. It's Alvin Bragg. Well, it's Jackson. It's Patricia James. Anthony, Fanny Willis. Anthony. Uh, I'd rather you call me Anthony Andrew, than, than Andrew, Andrew Cuomo over here like Andrew, this guy. I don't know. Anthony I mean, Weiner or Andrew Cuomo. Really what do I want to be called less? Do you really think he's getting a fair trial? No, I don't think he's okay. getting a fair trial at all. That's why okay. I'm so disturbed by this answer by her. Instead of actually going in and pointing out just how yes. unfair these trials are, she seems to say, it's no, crazy. I'm not going to support it. It is crazy and that's what's going on in our country, all yes. right? And, and, and for us to, to make a, a big deal about it, it's, it's crazy. Let me tell you something. It comes down to two things. Uh, who, if Santos, uh, no, Santos. If Swazi gets elected, who is he going to vote for? He's going to go, go along whatever uh, uh, Pelosi wants him to do or whatever Biden wants Biden. him to do. Right? The, no, he's voted 100% of the time for Biden. Well, also, you're absolutely also right. the, okay. the, So do you want open borders? Of course I don't okay. want open borders. So why don't you just hold your nose and vote for her? But, but John, we have to point out also the problems. Hold your nose is. and vote for her. But, you know what I did with my rabbi the other day? He doesn't like Trump. And you know what I said to him? He's the only guy tough enough, tough enough to bring this world back because right now we're on the brink of World War III. Yeah. So you know what I said to the rabbi? And I won't mention his name. I said, hold your nose and vote for him. Yeah, I hear you, John. And, John, I understand what you were saying, but when you see this personally, as as I have, right? But that is the subject of a lot of this, and that's why this is personal to me. Right now, screw that. Right now, right now, we're voting Republican. She's going to vote Republican if she gets elected. Okay? Maybe she won't support Trump, but she's going to vote Republican. But what about his allies that have been uh, prosecuted because 
They're politically close that's to President that's Trump. That's a different look. But, but she's not that's actually standing look. up and doing it. To me, then she gave the wrong answer on this. Yeah, and it, She did give the wrong, wrong answer. It, okay. So okay. She, I, I would like to see her clean that up. For somebody who, that is a pretty big issue, too, for myself. And listen, I know there are other Nassau County voters. Why, why, why do we want to talk about it in front of a million people? Because it, 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 the prosecution is wrong. Uh, you know, I, I've said that publicly. I love Letitia James in many ways. She uh, she was a great city councilwoman and uh, and we built a lot of buildings in in uh, in uh, Brooklyn and she did a great job. But in this particular case, I I believe she's wrong. Let yeah. me uh, my, let me remind you. Should point that out. I let, agree. let me let me she remind you, out, Andrew, though. that uh, Tish James graduated from the same high school as your father, Lachlan High School in. Uh, Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn. Yeah, needless to say, they weren't uh, study buddies together. <laughs> we'll put it that way. But now, we will see in this debate, in our debate, Swazi has debated the best. He debated Spitzer. He debated Hochul. He's had numerous debates, National County Executive, when he won, he lost, he won, and for Congress. He is uh, a experienced debater. Mazi is not. So I think a lot of these questions are going to come up in that debate February 8th, which is like five days before the election on the 13th, although early voting uh, is already underway. And I think uh, some people will not make up their mind until they see that debate. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I must, you know me, I have a love-hate relationship with Peter King, as John knows masterful handling of his boxer in the ring. You know, Peter King is 80 and he boxes. Have you ever seen him in the ring? No, I haven't. But I disagree with him in a couple items, too. Listen, not everybody agrees. I think Peter King was wrong uh, when he supported that guy, uh, what was his name, the police commissioner in Suffolk County? Oh, you mean Burke. 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 I thought he was completely wrong. Yeah, but but, but we've forgotten all of that. I forgive him. And January 6th, (laughs) January 6th. I think there's, I think he's wrong there too, because I think there's more, there's more to, that meets the eye than, than they're telling the people. You know, but yeah. I think the only thing that I'm pointing out in this, and I've been hearing from some Nassau County conservatives, that they are pissed off about this specifically and the fact that she's not actually taking the lawfare that's happening more seriously. And I think it's something she has to address before February 13th. What, or she what. might cost herself some Nassau County conservatives. She cost ourselves a vote. I think it was stupid that they got rid of Santos. He was voting your way. Right Mm -hmm. now, he had no power. He could not. He, he could not order postage stamps. Maybe, maybe postage stamps. Yeah, but well, but he had no power. But he was voting your way. John, well, John and why you couldn't remember, you wait till November? And you remember and, when we, and you guys uh, threw him out. Well, and you, you guys, you I guys didn't throw, throw him out. out. I, I said, along with all the congressmen, the congressmen uh, in uh, Long I, Island. I, I said you keep Santos in because it is a really, really uh, all right, slippery let's make slope. Listen to people who threw him really out. Really slippery slope. By the I, way, I, it's a John, slippery slope. Let me I said you. Santos is a scumbag, but guess what? You keep that scumbag in until he's convicted of a crime because it's a very slippery slope when we come to back, go and do that. If when we come back, just... I must remind John Katsimatidis of a momentous moment at the Empire Steakhouse. Oh, yes. As we sat with the New York GOP, by the way, uh, the waiters, the waitresses, everyone got introduced to the crowd except for Andrew Giuliani and yours truly, Curtis Lee. I think it was because sitting next to you, Curtis. I think I would have been introduced yeah, to sitting is, next to you. Yeah, it is, because you were sitting next to me. Yeah. But we got to hear for the first time from Speaker Johnson 
It's a great meeting, but naturally, Mozzie came up and Santos came up. And we're going to remind uh, John of what uh, a woman sitting right next to him said when she got up and stunned the crowd right here on WABC. Trade and 77 WABC. Both are real New York. WABC. 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. It's nine o'clock on a Saturday. Regular crowd shuffles in. There's an old man sitting next to me, making love to his tonic and gin. Who to vote for? Mozzie versus Swazi. Can I make you a deal, Andrew? Because I know you're like in between, and I understand it. Yeah. Uh, the debate is on February 8th. Mm-hmm. The whole country's going to be, be watching. If. National uh, de- debate. Yes. And um, I'm surprised that they agreed to it because, look, she votes Republican uh, and uh, she votes common sense and she votes to seal the borders. Uh, but she doesn't have uh, language squares, uh, skills as, as well as uh, uh, she should have. And um, Swazi does. Yeah, well, Swazi has had many, many debates. But if, in fact, she addresses some of these issues that you have, you know, Sid came on board with Congressman King, his conversation from Israel. He is now supporting Mazi. I'm supporting Mazi. Uh, in the few days before the election, after the I'm debate. I'm supporting Mazi. Right. We're going to barnstorm uh, Nassau. And Suffolk. I'm telling you, Andrew, the hold his nose and, and support him. White zone. We have room for you on the truck. We're going to be driving through the area, Andrew, if you're satisfied. And, and let's and let's put it this way, John. If she, you know, clearly states that this is lawfare that's happening to the president of the United States and his allies, then let's I will not, hold my nose. Let's that again. I mean, you know, maybe she doesn't understand the case. Maybe she does. Maybe she's a. A Nassau resident that has then she's no not clue ready for what's going. Time if she what, 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 it. She has no clue what's going on in Manhattan. Okay. <laughs> but it's happening all across the United States of America. And if she's going to be a U.S. congressman, she, she's going to have to understand these cases. So enough is enough. You know I what? Hear, it was I the most miraculous saying, thing, the most miraculous thing to come out of this so far. So I'm really reading the Daily News editorial. I read all the papers. And they're praising Peter King. They're saying in lieu of this, wouldn't it be great to have Peter King back out in the house? I agree. But. They used to savage him. Remember when he was the chairman of Homeland Security and he was questioning uh, Muslims and they needed to be watched because they were a threat, some of them, to America. And remember he was called a xenophobe, a racist, by the Daily News. Imagine the Daily News in its editorial said, wouldn't it be great that we have Peter King back in the house? 
This shows you what a bizarro race this is. <laughs> what a bizarro race this is. That the very newspaper that vilified Peter King is now talking about how Congressman Peter King, it would be great if he were back in the House. Well, and it's such a tough one to actually handicap, too. I mean, it's tough to really see. if the, I know the poll happened three weeks ago with Swazi up three, but you have to think that that actually was a bad poll for Swazi. I think so, too. I think, I think it's think a coin the vote flip. is good against evil. Right. I think... What's going on, you can't invite a billion people to come over the borders. I think that is wrong. Hey, immigration, yes. But uh, to say, hey, all of you, come on over. No, and the fact that Swazi was one of the first people along with Cuomo. And and with Congress votes, we're in the middle of World War III. I had Pompeo on my my show last week, and I had Admiral Stavridis, the Supreme Allied Commander of uh, uh, of NATO, and I, I said to them, you know what I said to them? Uh, I said to them, how many countries have to be involved before you call it a world war? I think we have like 10 countries right now involved. Pakistan is involved. India is involved. Saudi Arabia. I mean, there's over 10 countries. At what point is it a world war? Yeah. And this is the difference between Democratic, Joe Biden, and, and Republicans no, right now. And- We're fighting... We, they they did, you know what Secretary Gates said about uh, Joe Biden? And I like the guy as a person. You know what I said about Joe Biden? I said, he, he says he hasn't made a the correct decision in 30 40 years. years. 30 <laughs> 40 years. years yeah. Well, if, if Secretary Gates is around today, he'd say 40 years. Yeah. Well, that and recent look, that recent Swazi's poll. Swazi's voted I mean, 100% of the time with I, Biden. I, I, look, at, look at what's going on with Iran. I, Look what's going on with, uh, with, I mean, our own allies hate us. You know what, 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 uh, Spain, France, and Italy's told Biden when they asked for help on the Red Sea? He says, this is your war and that we're not fighting it. Yeah, I guess I'm going to be the Curtis Lewa in this because I'll be equally critical. You know, looking at Swazi, right? I mean, he said he votes 100% of the time. With Joe Biden. I mean, you can overlay his time in Congress with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. He votes 93% of the time with a Democratic Socialist, AOC. He is is radical by his voting record. Mazi against Swazi. This is is what's going on in our country right now. The border crisis, the fentanyl crisis, the the crisis that our education system is under attack. But, But, John, none of that wins elections. You ran for mayor? You, Andrew, ran for governor. I ran for mayor. It's getting out your vote. Special elections are the lowest turnout races of all, the lowest turnout races. The advantage is to the Nassau County machine. They'd go door to door. I had some of the people who helped my campaign who were from Nassau County. They went to the rally last uh, Saturday in Massapequa at the American Legion Post. It was packed for Mozzie. And they went out right away and started knocking on doors and got a very good reception. Nassau County has proven Republicans. They know how to get out to vote. Swazi hasn't been able to do that with Jacobs, who's now the state chairman, who has uh, made his bones uh, in Nassau and Suffolk County for the Democrats in a long time. So I bet on Chairman Cairo, who was referred to as Chairman Cairo more times than Mao Zedong was referred to as Chairman <laughs> yeah, the, the respect, of the Communist Party the in China. The respect that he gets in the inner Republican New York State circle uh, is pretty amazing, Cairo. And I got to tell you, 
Uh, considering what I saw just in the primary with myself and Zeldin that Astorino and Wilson were a part of as well, probably the biggest and most impressive number that Zeldin put up. I was expecting him to carry Suffolk. I carried four of the five boroughs in New York City. But that Nassau area, we targeted and said, look, we'll probably lose Nassau, but it's got to be by single digits to low double digits in order to have a chance. And they ran up the numbers in Nassau County, and I think a lot of that had to do with the machine that they ended up having and pushing out uh, there. Listen, so w- WABC had a lot to do with, with Nassau County, a lot to do with Suffolk County, a lot to do with Staten Island. Yeah. You know where we're, we're, we're not as strong as New Jersey we're strong in right now? Mm-hmm. And uh, Westchester. We need help oh, in Westchester that is so to have common sense. Absolutely. You know what we should do? We should send all the migrants to Westchester and see how they vote next well, time. Well, Latimer <laughs> wants them. Latimer, the county executive, said, give me a tie and give me your uh, board. Let's, give him, let's remember, give him to him. It was uh, one of our... Uh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Scarsdale, Armand, yes, <laughs> Chappaquiddick. No, Chappaqua, Chappaquiddick. Oh, that's no, Ted no, Kennedy, no, that's the swimmer. I have a house there. Oh, oh, right. Chappaquiddick. <laughs> and, and they were flying. Remember, they were flying in originally under the cover of darkness into Westchester yep. County Airport up there. And, and it, all the Democrats denied it. To his credit, Astorino was correct. And they would put him on buses, uh, charter buses. They would go the wrong way on the Hutchinson, the Hutchinson uh, mm-hmm. Parkway, bells and whistles with police I, I, escort. I got a question. Yeah. I don't think Joe Biden himself is doing this. Who is orchestrating this? That's the question. Who is orchestrating uh, sending uh, sending him to Westchester, sending him to to uh, New York. I mean, those airplanes that were going to Westchester. This is pre war that Governor Abbott and Mayor Adams had. Yeah, exactly. This is pre. This this was when Biden was trying to get them into these bluer states. Here well, when, when we come back, you're, you're, you're right. a man who made his bones in the field of uh, flight, airplanes, aeronautics, jets both in wartime and peace. When we come back, you tell us who you think is chartering uh, flights with no tailwing numbers and sending illegal aliens into cities across America at our, the sucker taxpayers' expense, John. We listen. So much to say, so much to say, so much. 77 WABC. Baby. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Seventy-seven WABC. John, you used to own airplane companies. You know what it's like to fly people in daytime, nighttime. You suggested that Joe Biden uh, may not be the person bringing in the illegals by flight. Who do you think uh, it may be? I. The truth is, Curtis. Uh, we got to figure it out. Because uh, I don't think it's Joe Biden himself. I mean, he is the president. and uh, But there's a lot of people around him. Before Barack Obama left office uh, and uh, 
He took 2,000 key people in his administration, and guess what he did? Mm-hmm. He made them civil servants. He embedded them. So, so he, he embedded them. That's a better word. Yeah. He embedded them within key agencies to make decisions. And President Trump didn't realize this. He thought, he thought that, oh, it's like any other corporation uh, that uh, uh, we know. We'll talk about it more in the Yeah, uh, absolutely. Up next, Trump I versus down. Haley. You're my best friend. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. For my friends. 77 WABC. You got to know when to hold up. Know when to fold up. Know when to walk away. And know when to run. You never count your money. When you're well, sitting at the table, there'll be time enough to count. Nikki Haley. The day after New Hampshire. She's not going to do it, John. She has no reason to do it. She- yeah, but but why? I can't figure it out, guys. Why is she going to South Carolina where Trump is like 30, 40 points ahead of her and she'll be embarrassed losing her home state by 30 points or 40 points? Yeah. All right. I don't have an answer, except the only thing I can think of, just to make Trump look bad. On the woman's vote, maybe, because she is a woman. Maybe on uh, his own U.N. ambassador doing it, that some Democrats are paying her to do it. Yeah. Well, John, my theory, and it kind of overcrosses with Curtis's theory, is I think that she's staying in there to try to show Trump that she has a solid 20 to 23 percent or so of the vote. And at some point this spring... She is going to go to Trump, whether it's her, whether it's a surrogate for her, and say, you see this 20%, you need this 20% in order to win. That's why you can either make me your vice presidential pick, or I can continue to be a pain in your tuchus, if you will. I think that's what Haley is doing. And looking at this, and Curtis, your theory. She has no support. She has no support. All you need is 20%. That's all you need, John. And that's leverage. That's leverage. And uh, Trump knows his route to the back to the White House. He must do better with a female vote. Now, he must do better with a female vote. Now you now you wonder what does she actually? What kind of sway does she have over that twenty percent? If she's not the candidate at some point, or becomes extreme, it's obvious now that Trump is going to be the nominee. But when he becomes the nominee, will what Haley says have an effect on that 20%? Will her being the vice presidential nominee have any effect? You could say that maybe on 90% of that 20%, probably no case, but the extra 2% if, if could make a difference. Do, if she didn't do the stupid thing she did. I agree. Uh, in the last few weeks, she might have had a shot at, at, uh, at uh, a, a vice presidential nominee. Mm-hmm. Who do you think is going to be the vice presidential nominee? You worked at the White House with Trump? I I think Elise Stefanik would be a fantastic pick. I don't think so. No, I think she's a fantastic, fantastic member of Congress. My opinion, who I think it's going to be, I hear from sources close, is Sarah Huckabee. I think she would also be a fantastic vice president of Germany. Yeah, I do think she's a woman. She's from the South. Mm -hmm. He trusts her. I, I said that twice already. Yeah. And, and uh, the fact is that uh, um, 
She's a smart lady. Yeah. I think uh, I think though Trump has been very impressed. I Curtis. Look at his face. I, I no, think Trump I, has I been very impressed disagree. by Stefanik. I couldn't disagree with you. And what she's more done with a bunch Sarah of the Huckabee. congressional testimony. And if he picked a man, if he did he picked a woman, I think Sarah Huckabee. Yeah, if he I, picked a man. I think uh, uh, Mike Pompeo was excellent. I think he's um, middle, middle America, Kansas, um, and. Uh, Common sense, and that's what Trump wants. Yeah. Somebody with common sense. Well, I know both. By the way, you know who was in my office yesterday? Who's that? Vice President Pence. And um, he, um, uh, he he's a level-headed guy. And look, we all do things, but he's a very decent American. I, I know both Stefanik and Huckabee working two and a half years with Huckabee uh, Sanders in the uh, in the White House. I thought she was a fantastic press secretary, and I think she would be a great selection if Trump went that route. And i got to tell you, I've known Elise now for five or six years, and seeing the job that she did defending Trump on impeachment, that she, the job that she's done on the anti-Semitism on campuses, um, I think she's showing time and time again that she is one of the strongest advocates uh, for the America First agenda in Washington, D.C. Not going to get the Jewish vote. You can forget that, Andrew. Republicans keep talking about we're going to get the black vote, going to get the Jewish vote. Hell no, you never will. It's the Latino vote. That's the swing vote. You get the Latinas, part of the Latino vote. Well, don't forget what Biden president. promised the black people. Biden has made the black people poorer. He's made the middle class Poorer. I mean, it's just. Uh, uh, by the way, there was an article today that Biden was yelling yesterday uh, to, to 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 have uh, food supermarkets have supermarkets lower their prices. I mean, he. I mean, he, <laughs> he I don't want this inflation. I don't, you know, he caused it. Yes. I mean, I I can't believe uh, he, he even. Talks like that. Right, but you see, if it's a replay of 2020, and it looks like that. He's got, gonna, he's not going to debate. He's going to go in the basement. Right, but you got to figure out what is the swing vote. You must do better with women. If you can get Latino women who are leaning now towards Trump with Latino men. Tonight, Queens uh, GOP, they're doing candidate uh, interviews. I have Ramsey Frias. He's running in the assembly. He was a Democrat. He is converted to a Republican. He's registered. Has he uh, changed his registration, yeah. or is he going to Wilson Pagouli? And he's, he, and he's okay. a Trump. He's a Trump Latino. Right. This is, I'm telling you, know me. I'm out in that Hispanic community yeah. morning, noon, and night. Now, do you believe that Michelle Obama is going to jump in? I think there's a very good chance. You know the scenario that we've been talking about. That, that the scenario we've been talking about, in case audience doesn't know. That Joe Biden is going to hide in the basement or do limited whatever. He's going to get the Democratic nomination. After he gets a Democratic nomination, then he's going to bow out. He's going to get sick or whatever. He's going to bow out. Then there's no primary at that point. See, there's no primary. What the Democratic rules are is the Democratic governors, the Democratic senators, uh, the 100 biggest contributors uh, – to the DNC and um, uh, the um, one more one more set of people 
Well, that, they decide who the nominee is. And the fix right now is it's going to be Newsom. Now, how did he get, get rid of, uh, of the vice president, Harris? Well, Newsom is California. You can't have two people from the same state. Mm-hmm. So New, they get rid of Harris that way, and Newsom gets to pick his own vice president. That is from high ups at the Democratic. No way. So we think it's no Newsom. They would never choose a white. They never choose a white person, a white man in the Democratic Party now to replace a black woman who's the vice well, president. It would could, never could happen. It be, could it be Newsom, Michelle Obama? No, Michelle Obama is the VP. I think she would have to be the president if she's going to actually do this or not. Do you think you think it's a good chance that she actually ends up being it? That this end up. And by the way, the other thing is that uh, uh, Barack Obama uh, is pushing to become uh, president of Harvard or the United Nations. Of the United Nations. Not the president. What, what Secretary, yeah, the Secretary, Secretary General. General, of the United, yeah. General of the United Nations. That, that would be it for us. He would be endorsing uh, Hamas, uh, Hezbollah. I mean, he, well, we could he, talk about that for hours. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Look at the U.N. agency that is uh, that, that we just saw just a couple of days ago, the proof that you had people that were working for the U.N. that actually went and were involved in the murders and executions on October 7th in Israel. Working for the U.N., under the U.N. banner. Look, you know uh, you know Donald Trump better than anybody, Andrew Giuliani. If, in fact, Michelle Obama became the presidential candidate, which really means the shadow president is her husband, Barack Obama, and uh, Newsom, the new face of the party, was the vice president, that is a formidable ticket, well, a you, formidable you, ticket. You know, I, you know what the advertisement would be? I will do to... Uh, the rest of the country, what I did to San Francisco and Los Angeles. Yeah, exactly. No, and, and, that, and that's where I think you have to It'll immediately be, get into city, record on this, we'll right? Put, get into their record. We'll put them in charge of city enhancement program. Yeah, and and this is this is Trump's strategy if that ends up being the case, right? The strategy is, okay, Michelle Obama, what are you going to do from an immigration standpoint that's going to help the United States of America? What are you going to do from an from an inflation standpoint, what experience do you have where you can actually turn this around? I did turn this around in 2017 for the four years I was, pre- was president. Gavin Newsom, as John Gatsby just pointed out over here, do you want to turn the rest of America into the state of California? Because no, if you no, do, then well, vote for this ticket. But if not, California, San Diego is still a good place. <laughs> Would you want to turn the rest of the country into San Francisco into or Los San Francisco Angeles? San Francisco LA, yeah. But, well, by San the way, Fran is just barely holding on because of the military presence. By the way, assuming in, uh, San Diego. that it's Michelle at the top of the ticket and then Newsom for vice president, Michelle can use a statement that haunted uh, Bill and Hillary when Bill said you get two for the price of one. If Michelle says you get two for the price of one, that resonates. If Barack Obama were to run for president tomorrow, he would win. That's how popular he is in America, even to this day. If he were to run, let's assume him versus Donald Trump, Barack Obama wins. There's I'd like no to see some idea. poll numbers on that. Excuse? I'd like to see some poll numbers on yeah, that. Because no, he is a beloved figure. Uh, I'm telling you, people would turn out for him. 
Because he's a smooth operator. You know, I know we say that, but then you look at how much support he lost between 2008 and 2012, and I wonder if that actually is the case, because he lost a ton of support in 2012, and if it wasn't for a weak Mitt Romney as the candidate, absence, he would not have won his second term. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. Absence of what, though? This guy is pro-open borders. Yeah, but he, he, is, he, he You haven't pro- seen him. You haven't seen Barack Obama. He's, he's still been around. He's been doing the Netflix stuff. He's been in the White House a whole bunch. He's been standing by Joe Biden. It's obvious the stuff that he's supporting Iran, what effect that's having on the world. So I wonder if the numbers actually back that up. I know we think that sentiment, well, oh, well, because, you know, he gives a very good speech on a teleprompter. He has this charisma factor. But he represents the, the whole that America but is that's in right now. charisma versus charisma now. Packed houses for both. Not fifty people in a car watching Joe Biden, you know, at a at a an outdoor theater. Well, you got to remember, though. We got to remember. Let's go back to Election Day, twenty sixteen, when uh, the day before Barack Obama came out with Michelle Obama to go and try to campaign for Hillary Clinton. They couldn't get the wrong job place. Done. They did it in Philly. They did it the in Philly. Done. Remember, they well, where, had, where should they go then? Uh, they should have gone to the states that Hillary didn't go to, which was Wisconsin, Michigan. They definitely should have gone. Right, and it was right. a big right and, and Bill was right. Bill told Hillary, "You have not won this election. Get your butt in gear and get out to the heartland because Trump is like the Energizer Bunny." Mm-hmm. Remember, ah, Bill. He, that the last couple of weeks he was doing six and seven rallies a day and flying his. Playing Think all of this. Think of this, Andrew. And you know Bill Clinton better than anybody, John Katsimatidis. Yeah. He he wanted to help Gore in the Mississippi River State. And, he, and Gore turned it down. And Gore lost his own state of Tennessee. He told his he wife. He lost his own state. Yeah. Right, he told Hillary, get out to the Midwest. Trump is running hard. This guy is like morning, noon, and night, as you described, Andrew. And you know what Hillary said? Don't worry about it. Me and my team, we got it. It's in the bag. You don't know what you're talking about, The next about, moment, Bill. she was in the fetal position at the Jacob Javits Convention Center saying, What? I lost me time. Trump walks out on the stage. He had the most surprised look in the world. <laughs> you're the president. I was, I was front row for that, and I'll never forget calling him Mr. President-elect for the first time that night and just immediately as the words were coming out of my mouth the hair on the back of my neck stood up to think that this man that i'd known for so long was now becoming the president of the united states uh was incredible now when we return we must continue haley versus trump because we left out a few factors here. Do you get to hear Kenny Rogers' song again? Oh, of course, of course we do. We'll course. play it a second time. And I'll go for that. <laughs> and you got nowhere to hold I love that song. Nowhere to fold He did it better than I, 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 I When I used to play with Telly Savalas uh, in uh, in Las Vegas at the Dune, Dunes Hotel, at the, at the uh, blackjack table, we used to sing that song. <laughs> by, by the way, it was... Uh, True story. Yeah. <laughs> when we come back, we got to finish off. It's uh, Trump versus Haley. She says she's in it through uh, Super Tuesday right here on WABC. Sid, we're going to be celebrating his eighth anniversary over the weekend. On the other side of midnight that I'll be doing eight years here, I'll be Ralph Edwards. This is your life, Sid. As he returns from his pilgrimage to Israel, he'll be here. 
Same time, same Remind place on Monday. To wish happy birthday to my cousin. Absolutely. Right here on your place to be WABC. And somewhere in the darkness, the gambler, he broke even. But in his final words, I found an ace that I could keep. You got to know when to hold them. Know when to fold them. Know when to walk away. Well, I wanted to wish happy birthday to my cousin Anna Katsimatidis, who is my only cousin, my only cousin on... My father's side of the family, and there's seven brothers and seven sisters, but they only had two children. Wow. Me and Anna. Wow. So happy birthday, Anna. Thank you. Happy birthday, Anna. Now, let's go back to Westchester. Oh, yes. Who is joining us? Emily Pankow, general counsel of uh, Red Apple Group. And Emily Pankow texted me and says, don't you dare send the migrants to Westchester. <laughs> Emily, <laughs> what say you? <laughs> no, I was listening and I uh, heard. Oh, you, listen, you have a lot of friends in Westchester. I do. That, that have the opposite opinion of some of us in uh, WABC. Political, I don't yes. want to ruin your name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not concerned. No, I mean, I think regardless of what your political opinion is, I think it is a serious problem and we're making light of, you know, moving I, to Westchester, I, but it's an issue. I have a lot of Democratic friends. Mm-hmm, I know that. One of my best friends in Westchester was the Westchester County Executive. Um, Asserino. No. No. Spano. Spano. Oh, Spano. Spano, Spano yeah. No relationship to the other Spanos from no Yonkers. Relationship. Right. Mm-hmm. No relationship to the other. Andy Spano. Oh, yes. Me and Andy Spano were Dennis Meals. Uh, best man at his wedding. Mm-hmm. And we spent a lot of time together. And I was with Andy Spano during, when he was going for his fourth term. And he was shocked. He was shocked that he lost. You know why he lost? Because he accepted, uh, was it Barack Obama wanting Section 8 housing? Correct. In Westchester? And no matter how democratic Westchester was, mm-hmm. when they wanted Section 8 housing next to your house in Scarsdale, <laughs> guess what the uh, the left or democratic uh, uh, Westchester people did? They voted him out of office. That was 09, right? 2009. Something like that. Yeah. I, you know, you lose track of time sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's what happened to Andy Spano. And, he, and, he, and you want to know something? Andy Spano is one of the most honest guys uh, uh, that I know, but he made a mistake in saying, yes, I will take the Section 8 housing. And now, you got a beautiful home in, in, in Scarsdale. Yes. You don't, want me, you don't want us to send any migrants up there? <laughs> They'll be knocking on your door and say, hey, man, we need some money. I think there's some acreage in Chappaqua that might have a better uh, <laughs> space. Air Monk, right? Yeah. Yeah. We could go right to well, the list. Well, she's talking about, I got, I got 
a, a big house in Chappaqua, and um, I got a lot of acreage. You're right. Yeah. Build a tent. <laughs> but I don't want the migrants on my house. Not where I live. Not I'm, where I live. I'm surprised, considering everything going on in the state, they haven't taken over the Trump golf course in Briarcliff and just sent them over there on the Trump golf course. There's 250 acres or so in Briarcliff Manor with the Trump acres, name. Would you yeah. put up tents? Absolutely. We should hand out pants. Let's put up I tents on the Trump. Trump golf course. And it's even better. Donald Trump is a club champion there. So is Andrew Giuliani. So they can say, hey, right. who is your uh, county uh, congressman and, and who is your county executive now? I don't even know. Well, Latimer. Latimer. <laughs> Latimer. Latimer. And Latimer. he said, what did he say? He Curtis? said he wants the uh, migrants. So the people of Westchester, we want you to know, Latimer has said he wants the migrants. Uh, Eric Adams Get the buses ready. Let's ship them up to Westchester. <laughs> and, Lat- and Latimer's running against Bowman for the Democratic Reginald Bowman. nominee yeah, Bowman. for the congressional district, right? Reginald yeah, Bowman. Boy, you have a lot of radicals Latimer. up there now. <laughs> you have Reginald Bowman. Right? You have Monday Jones. Bowman, Bowman. Bowman. is the one who pulled the alarm. Remember oh, the fire alarm? Wait, wait. Yeah. Who he thinks 9 11 is a conspiracy? So he could stop the uh, the vote. Yes. Stop the insurrectionists. On the insurrectionists. And, and and what did they give him? Did they give him a parking ticket? What did they give him? Right, I don't well, even think they did. I have to recuse myself for having pulled the fire alarm Uh-oh. many times in school when we were in the middle of a test that I knew I was going to fail. Was it we the did US the fire Capitol? drill, and yeah, afterwards we all 50. ran home. That's, that's over 50, 50 years, years ago. ago. Years. I, I'm guilty. Can we I'm guilty. On the same uh, crime that they're getting Trump over 50 years you know, in New York, it's very dangerous, Curtis. I mean, considering well, your political well, Emily, affiliations, they may try to get yeah. you. Can we use the same uh, thing that they use against Trump against Curtis for pulling against that fire alarm? No, like Andrew said, the statute of limitations is run on that. <laughs> 50 years? That's enough? <laughs> Don't you remember? I, pulled a, I did that too once. Right. Oh, you, oh my goodness. Also I was 50. about 14 years old. Yeah. I was a 14 years old. I got I am publicly admitting this. Wow. Okay. I was 14 years old. We just got out of church on 91st Street in West End Avenue. And we walked down to to Riverside Drive to get the bus. And there is that big red thing. And you know what I did? I pulled it. I figured the bus would come first. <laughs> well, the fire engine came first. <laughs> but, but nobody told on me. Oh, oh wow. Wait, well, you know, I'm now, taking a minute. No, I'm right now, uh, Commissioner Kavanaugh, FDNY, <laughs> he pulled the fire <laughs> parts <laughs> along. Yeah. Is my statue of limitations up? John yes, Curtis. I was it's 14 years old. I'm going I was at 60, 60 years ago. That's more than yours. Well, John Curtis, Emily, as we're admitting our sins, I think I need to admit a sin. Uh-oh. This is specifically okay, this is, John Katsimatidis okay, over here. Okay, so admit a sin. You remember the Gristidis on 86 between 1st and 2nd, You correct? took the host of Twinkies? <laughs> when I was three years or two years old, I was in the stroller, and I actually took a candy bar from there, and my what? mother didn't realize it till I got home. Was it good? <laughs> it was delicious. So I shoplifted from that Christidis at two years old. What my mom did, though, she made me go back, and I had to pay directly to the cashier. We went back. It was a lesson that she ended up teaching Wow. Me. Yes. Hey, your mother was a good lady. I remember her. Oh, thank you. Donna Hanover, thank the you. best. She was a the good best. lady. Yes. And wait, wait. We're admitting sins. Uh-oh. Emily, it's your turn 
to admit a sin. Mm. Well, I, I can do that for you, okay, Emily. Go ahead, Curtis. You are from the mistake by the Lake Cleveland. <laughs> I'm not from there, but I did go to school there and live there for about six years, seven years. Yes, uh, the mistake by the lake is definitely not an unearned moniker, if you ask me. It was nice to be there for a little while, but it's not a place that I And then you fled. And then I fled, like the migrants. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever been in Cleveland in the winter off of Lake Erie when it feels like it's 40 degrees below zero? Why do you want to get punished? (laughs) I was in Cleveland, and I took a hot date with me. Oh, Cindy Adams. <laughs> she was she was uh, just above ninety at the time, and uh, we went. To, there was a convention there or something, wasn't there? Uh, the Republican National Yes, I took, I took Cindy Adams. It was at the yeah. college that I went to. She, she was my was hot really day for the yeah, weekend. Case yeah. Western. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, and you know they have right outside, right along Lake Erie. I don't know if you know this, mm-hmm. Emily. There's a statue that the most, the largest immigrant group ever are German Americans. Yes. There is a statue to that in tribute. We never talk about that. All these hardworking German Americans Mm -hmm. who came here had to deal with tremendous prejudice in World War I because we went to war against them. They were called Huns. They were isolated, obviously, World War II because of the sins of Hitler and the fascists. And yet they are the largest immigrant group ever to come to America. There's a great statue there. I pay tribute to them. People were looking at me like I was out of my mind. I said, (laughs) no. Forget forget Hitler and fascism. They came to America to avoid all that nonsense. Yeah. Avoid all that nonsense. So, you see, I took from Cleveland. No, wait, wait. Yeah. She's and now also, don't forget, she is a little bit from the left. Mm. Emily. And <laughs> you me want out. to talk about plastics. Yes. Oh. Versus bottle. My bottle. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, wait, look, Emily. Glass yeah. versus That's plastic. If you can you, see in the studio painting a picture, yeah. John Katsimatidis is holding up a glass bottle. Curtis Sliwa has his, I don't know, one-gallon jug, yeah. it looks like, of, that he'll of water here if filled in plastic. So when you come back, we are going to have representing plastic, Curtis Sliwa. Representing, representing oil. glass. Remember, oil. John Katsimatidis. I plastic have a feeling, is oil. Curtis Sliwa, you, have, you may have the plastic bottle, but do you have a glass jaw? This is must this is Must Hear Radio, find ladies out. and gentlemen. Plastic versus glass when we come back. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. What? The pedophile on a pedestal? Michael Jackson, really? Come on, Rich Rodabal. You used to be a DJ in the disco years. What happened to you? Oh, God. No respect for our kids, Rich. No respect. What the heck? All right. Are we back yet? Yes, we are. And now it's Battle of Big Oil. On which Generally, I'm not on their side. I'm the green guy here at WABC. Are you green? Yeah, I recycle. I did that when it wasn't even well, tell popular. Well, people what we're talking about because they don't know what the heck they're talking about. Uh, plastic versus glass. Well, about my daughter who's into health. She uh, she convinced me that if you drink water out of a plastic bottle, that if that plastic bottle was, by the way, has a two-year statute of limitations on 
on life on the bottle. Yeah. Because the plastic goes into the water. It's it's like great. melts into but, it a little bit. But right? if yeah. that truck carrying that, that plastic bottle was on, on a truck where it was 110 degrees in the yeah. shade, more plastic went yeah. into the bottle. Yeah. Now, I, I support my daughter and I support your, uh, uh, your daughter on having non glass. Right. Because they're going to live to, to the year 2100. Yeah. But me, who's over 70, glass, I'm just making my daughter happy. <laughs> That's what every good dad should do, right? Make, Make the your daughter, daughter happy. happy. I, right. I thought you were walking around with a glass bottle. I've seen him, Emily, and Andrew walking around with a glass. I thought he was christening a new yacht. Like, you had just bought a yacht. You were ready to christen a yacht. It's, I can't believe you folded on this. You, the big oil man. You realize plastic is a product of oil. Listen. More oil is used to make plastic than is and used as a believe, fuel. I do believe what they're doing with electric cars is is a fraud. You you see what happened yesterday? Volvo, who was funding the big uh, uh, electric vehicle company, guess what? They pulled out of funding it. I guess they everybody's pulling out of electric cars because it's a fraud. Yeah. It's a fraud. Uh, Hertz put 20,000 uh, vehicles up for sale. Who's going to buy 20,000 used Teslas? Well, at the rate you're going, you are. Next thing, you're going to be driving an electric vehicle. First, Never happened. you gave Never up plastic. Happened. Now, you're going to be a green car. Would you put an electric car in your garage, Emily? No, I would not. You know what happens if something happens with the battery and it blows up? fires don't go out. And and, and the guys from Chubb has told me, who are big uh, insurance guys that insure a lot of homes, that they're considering not insuring it if you have an electric car in your home, in your garage, and it burns down the whole house, they're not going to insure it. Yeah, I remember hearing from a firefighter who's done the testing on this and said that a normal house fire takes two to 3,000 gallons to actually put out, of water. water to put out. For an electric vehicle fire, the average electric vehicle fire takes to put out 80,000 wow. gallons. So you're talking about it's a 40 fraud. times yeah. as much. You we, know, we, you know, and in, in Florida, where the hurricanes are, guess what? That when the salt water gets into those batteries, mm-hmm. they explode. Yeah. Let me tell you, stop, stop digressing from this battle of plastic versus glass. Glass or salt. I'm Again. not doing my job as the, uh, right. now, as listen, the moderator. If you're this. 70 years old, over, six, over 65, on Social Security, you have an exemption. <laughs> the plastic in the water will not kill you before 100. Well, hold on. That qualifies you. You're a month away from 70. A month away from 70. Let me tell you, I'm Are we going to have a birthday party for him? Of course right. we got to have Absolutely. a birthday party for I'm Kurt. the guy who no, the believes plastic. in global warming, climate change, and yet I'm drinking from plastic and you folded to AOC and the green team. You're, you're drinking from a bottle. And let me tell you something, John, when you were a kid in public school, because we're close in age, tell me you didn't chew the number two pencils with lead on them, right? Did you chew them like so many other kids? I did. I, I chewed them. Yes. Yeah, I did you marks. chew the plastic cap on the big pen? Everybody chewed the plastic. Did, didn't you, Andrew? Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. So you're dead on arrival. It's over. You lead poisoning, plasticicides. It's over for you. The glass isn't saving you. I'm telling you, I've had this bottle. I've been filling it up with a generous supply of water that you give to all of us. I'm that way like it's a, cloudy. 
I'm, yeah, I'm like a dromedary. You know what a dromedary is? Yeah, Single-humped yeah. camel. camel. <laughs> and that keeps me going all weekend long. I fill it up, and boom, down the hatch. Emily, I remember a couple of weeks ago, yeah. I'm saying, you know, I, we couldn't find water for whatever reason, and Curtis, like, slides us over, like, here, has some. I said, Curtis, you just went on a spiel about how you're still itching over yeah. here. You want me to drink your water? Are you crazy? <laughs> now, what I replaced it with, I used to drink every day doing AM and PM radio. Yeah. 68-ounce bottles of Coca-Cola, oh, one in the AM, one in the PM. Rico Radabali remembers that. Two bottles. Now, straight Coke, not diet, straight? Straight Coke. Wow. Until mm. I got chronic Crohn's disease, and that was it. No more soda ever again. Do you realize soda could kill me quicker than hollow-point bullets? Absolutely. Soda, by because the way, of the chronic the way, Crohn's disease. I, I, I just got a text from Murray Bauer. <laughs> says that Emily is her... Mm. His favorite Democrat. <laughs> the bar is low. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Murray, and I hope you get well soon. Thanks, we Murray. Really love yes, you. we hope you get better soon. Yes. Well, you better check your district. Okay. Tell me, Curtis. Because there is a Democratic primary, and I think Scarsdale is in that district. Okay. Of uh, You have a battle, a real big battle. So, between, should we ask her but, how is she going to vote this year? Well, well, first is before the that you yeah. have Emily George, Miller, diehard Democrat. <laughs> you said and, it. Yeah, and and who's in her district? George Roman. Latimer yeah, has Latimer. left county executive. Mm-hmm. He's term limited mm-hmm. out. He's running against and he's Reginald Bowman. He's inviting. He's inviting the uh, migrants. Yeah, so you and got I'm Latimer call, inviting the migrants. After the show, I'm going to call Eric Adams and say he's inviting the migrants. Send, Send them, them up. up there. Yes, yeah, so you've got Latimer who's inviting them up to Westchester, and you have Bowman who's pulling the fire alarm. Yeah, you, now, he's now, he's now, a 9-11 conspiracy. He's As a registered yes. Democrat, you cannot vote for Reginald Bowman. Okay. He's a member of the squad. He was the only member of the squad. He's like a capon. He's like a gelding. <laughs> you, can, you have to be a woman to be a member of the squad. He, they, he's the only man they let yeah. in. So you can't. This guy, you look at the latest one. He's into conspiracies. He doesn't think the 9-11 attack oh, occurred. He doesn't think 9-11 oh, occurred? God, that's no. frightening. I watched those buildings go down. Yeah, yeah. Really? Sad. No, yeah. no, he is a real Fruit Loop trooper when it comes wow. to that stuff. But it's a big race. Yeah, it is. A lot of people are eyeballing it. So uh, there's that. But then I know what you're alluding to, and- John. You're alluding to the presidential race if it mm. turns out to be Trump. Versus Biden, am I correct? It could be Trump versus Newsom. It could be right. Trump versus Michelle, Michelle Obama. Mm-hmm. Whom do you, and you know what? You're, whom do you trust for the next four years? Now I've been trying to tell these guys. Yeah, Emily, go ahead, Curtis. That Barack Obama, if he ran tomorrow mm-hmm. against Donald Trump, mm-hmm. would be the president. Hundred percent. Couldn't agree with you more. They Chris. they don't understand this. They have no Hands idea down. how popular he is. Tremendously. And popular. with Michelle, she could easily say you get two for one, and yeah. people would buy that. Absolutely. They would say, yeah. Unlike the time that Bill said yeah. with Hillary, you get two for one, and people yeah, said, no, no we don't want Hillary. <laughs> that didn't work. You see, what I wonder though, again, and and I go back to this, I want to actually see some data on this. I want to see actually some polling on this in terms of what Obama would match up with Trump like. You know because what po- you know what polling is worth? It's how much you pay. If you tell a poster, I'll give you $10,000 because I see the it comes out this way, or I'll give you $20,000 comes out this way. But, John, like you're going to get what you pay for. But like polls are not accurate? I saw the slippage from 2008 to 2012. On top of that, you see how these policies that have, you know, caused – Havoc in New York City and across the country. The open border policies. You can look at inflation, what they've done to the American people. I'm not so willing to admit 
that Barack yeah, Obama would run the table I'll with Donald Trump. It was my all. poll, as you know, Andrew, that yeah. indicated that Andrew Cuomo, if he were to run for mayor, would beat Eric Adams across the board, yes. right? You remember yeah. my poll. Let's see if someone will do a poll, Michelle Obama versus Donald Trump. I'm sure that people think You would think by right now, now somebody would have done it. If they don't, I'll figure out a way to get it done. Mm-hmm. What are the odds in Vegas? we got to look that up. Well, with the Super Bowl coming up, it, it, Taylor, you see, that's the other factor, the Taylor Swift factor. Mm-hmm. But no, nobody's going to be watching Taylor Swift because Curtis and I are going to be on the air during the Super Bowl. Oh, know, yeah. From 8 so to 9 o'clock. We'll so, all be so, tuning into that. Exactly. That's the thing. And that's the thing the NFL, I think that's actually well, the let, reason why Taylor's going to be so involved Emily. in the NFL. So they can try to get eyeballs back from WABC. Who, Maybe they'll move the game. Yeah, that's that's what people are telling if, me. If, in fact, Taylor Swift, because she is very political, yeah. would endorse Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. In the election against Donald Trump, Mm do you think that would uh, propel a lot of young ladies to come out and vote, maybe some for the very first time? I think that actually might. I mean, I think the people that are probably already supporting Biden are fans of Taylor Swift. But to your point, it might actually bring them out of their homes to actually go vote if, you know, their idol Taylor Swift is backing him. Be careful, Angel. The Taylor Swift factor. Frank Morano, the other side of midnight, has been talking about that, getting a lot of response from people. Yeah. That that feeling that Taylor Swift could uh, basically determine the outcome of the national election with her endorsement. As ludicrous as it sounds, I mean, my seven and eight year old have Taylor Swift shirts, Taylor Swift makeup bags, Taylor Swift blankets. Yeah. I mean, and that's the tip well, of the iceberg. She did endorse Biden last my, time my around, daughter, so I would say that's factored in already. They had Ninja Turtles. <laughs> you, you, you remember the pictures of Taylor Swift with the Biden cupcakes in 2020, yeah. Biden 2020. So I think some of this is factored in already that she is going to vote for Biden. And then she endorsed him already in 2020. And then, of course, there's Kelsey, who is Mm -hmm. her latest guy. And remember, she is like a (laughs) man-eater. Every guy she's ever been with, she's been with a lot of men. Uh, She loves him, and then she leaves him, and she writes a song about him. Yeah, she needs new material. You do not want to be the the focus of one of her songs after your relationship is over. (laughs) I've listened to some of them from Taylor Swift. Oh, my God. Yeah, remember. So you're Michael... not getting next in line, Curtis? <laughs> no. <laughs> After Kelsey. That's it. That's it. <laughs> remember, Michael J. Fox, he got in trouble because he said he didn't want his son to go out with Taylor Swift at some point. And Michael J. Fox, I mean, everybody loves Michael, love Michael J. J. Fox, right? Everybody does. And we know he's a liberal Democrat, but still, how do you not like Michael J. Fox? That's not to like. He ended up getting in trouble because he ended up saying, I wouldn't want my son to go out with Taylor Swift because there'll be a song written about him if it doesn't work out. <laughs> and he got uh, panned Momentum for in this country is with Taylor Swift. When mm-hmm. she can pull 40 million people to watch an NFL football game yeah. that normally only 16 million people would watch. That's a good point. She's got juice. And you better believe Biden. Biden is eating his ice cream in the basement <laughs> saying, Swifties love me. Swifties love me. Swifties love me. Swifties love me. Streaming He'll be the out there with a Taylor, Taylor Swift yeah. shirt on, you know. They do the, they do the friendship bracelets in the right, Swift the circles. Music. That's it. She's probably mm-hmm. going to have a sweat friendship. He doesn't, he doesn't do music like Trump. Trump rallies are like uh, revivals. He meant great mm-hmm. music. In the range of music, Curtis, too. I mean, it, it, it's the music that makes you laugh. Makes you happy, emotional. Like, I mean, he really understands the emotional pulls. Oh, it he gets him fired up. But can you imagine Joe Biden out in the stump playing Taylor Swift songs <laughs> that would intro him and saying, I love Taylor Swift and the Swifties love me. Oh, my God. That, hey, we got a close race, Andrew. We got a close race. Yep. 
Oh, it's Disco Friday. That's right. Burn, baby, burn. During my mayoral race, we had the tramps right downstairs when we thought we wouldn't have to wear masks anymore. But Bill de Blasio faked this out. He said, if you get the shot, you won't have to wear a mask. Then a week later, he rescinded that and said, tough noogies. Now it'll be two shots. You know how many people have died of heart attacks because of those shots? Too many. Many. Too many. Well, are we coming to the end of the show? Yes. I I can do three more hours. When we come back, uh, you got to give us a preview of the 5 o'clock roundtable discussion that everybody listens to, 5 to 6, Monday through Fridays. And then don't miss Sunday mornings, 8 to 10, when John is on with the newsbreakers. And you got tomorrow, you got Curtis versus Anthony. Anthony Anthony. And informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Well, four hours by Emily. We've been talking to the Peerless Boilers Power Hour here and Pete Morgan on the break over here, huh? We have. Pete Morgan just texted me, our proud sponsor of this Peerless Boilers Power Hour. Pete's a great guy. A few years ago when my basement flooded, I could not find a boiler anywhere. We could not get them. And I called him frantically crying. I said, please, you have to sell me a boiler. And he, <laughs> and got he me took care of it. He That's took awesome. care of me. He's a and great guy. And let me guy. tell you something. Uh, Pete Best Morgan, boilers. make sure you tell Sid our ratings are higher than his. That's oh, right. Oh, man. I don't Pete, know if we're going to get invited back. Pete's been with uh, Bernie and Sid since they came on the air this weekend. It's their eighth anniversary. Hey, Pete, tell Sid to do Ali in Israel. We got the morning show locked down. Oh, no.